3: WPHD, WPHD, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. From the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. this is the next generation of talk. Now, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHD,
4: Rich Zioli. Oh, it was a brutal day for Colorado. Oh, bah, brutal day. I mean, it was bad. It, even the even the uh, liberal justices were were calling uh, BS on Colorado's claims to keep Trump off the ballot. It was bad, bad day. And I listened to the entire Supreme Court case. All of it. Welcome to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. And this will shock you. I hope you're sitting down. I know you're going to be shocked. I warned you. No criminal charges for Joe Biden over classified documents. Even though he had classified documents, no charges. No criminal charges against him. So the question I asked last night on X, which is, will there be charges against Joe Biden or will he have Democrat immunity? Turns out he has Democrat immunity. No criminal charges. That's breaking news. It just came out moments ago. So there you go. Shocking. Shocking. No criminal charges. It's classified documents for thee, but not for me, or for me, but not for thee, or whatever the term is. So, I mean, come on. That's the least surprising thing of the day today. Special counsel says Biden willfully retained the documents. Still broke the law, but, you know, sorry, he's a Democrat. It's, it's all right. It's cool. You're a Democrat. It's fine. If you're a Republican, they're going to raid your house, and they're going to take your stuff, and they're going to charge you with a federal offense. But that's the difference. And tell me this government's not weaponized. Tell me we don't live in a police state. Tell me that the government does not use its powers to punish its friends and protect its enemies, because it's exactly what, what we have in this country. It's exactly what we have, and I know I know the, I know all the people on the left, are, but but the difference is, but 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 and they're all going to give all their reasons why the difference is because he's a Democrat. That's the reason. That's the that's the answer. That's the end of it. He's a Democrat and Trump's a Republican, and that's why there's no charges against Joe Biden. So don't be surprised by that. And and you know, it's, like I said, the least surprising thing of the day. And um, the most surprising thing today uh, that that occurred was the uh, arguments before the Supreme Court, where I was listening to Justice Kagan, Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson, and thinking to myself, holy cow, they are asking the exact right questions here. And this means that this case is over for Colorado. And the only question is, is it going to be eight one or nine Nothing. It may be a unanimous opinion telling Colorado that they have absolutely no right here to keep Trump off the ballot. Let's remember what uh, Colorado's argument is. Colorado's argument is that the 14th Amendment, Section 3, is self executing. Therefore, the state gets to take it upon itself to decide someone's guilty of an insurrection and then take them off the ballot. It is self executing. That's their argument. And that Trump committed an insurrection in their eyes, and therefore the state will then be able to take him off the ballot, bar him from running. No different, they argue, than if a state were to bar somebody who wasn't 35 or wasn't a naturalized citizen or, or wasn't born in the United States or whatever. And that argument, at one point, even Justice Gorsuch, it was either Gorsuch or Kavanaugh, I forget, said, I, I don't need any hypotheticals on that. We understand that point. We get that. That's all in the, we get, like, we get, we, we get that. I don't need you coming and saying if some 18 year old filed for president, like we understand that when nobody's questioning that, yeah, the state, the state has the right to reject them. What we're talking about here is a state arguing somebody committed an insurrection and then deciding that they get to keep him off the ballot. Without any federal charges, without a federal conviction, because that part of it came up today as well, when I think Justice Brett Kavanaugh asked the sixty four thousand dollar question which in this economy would be $64 billion and just about as much as they want to give to Ukraine. The question of being, look, there is a federal statute on insurrection. Trump wasn't charged with it. Trump wasn't convicted under it. So what are we even talking about here? You know, the the 14th Amendment, Section 3, is actually governed by another part of the 14th Amendment, which gives Congress the ability to figure out how to apply Section 3. And they did. And they passed the federal insurrection statute Trump hasn't been charged. Now I'm waiting, and it may be moments from now until the special counsel, lunatic, Trump-obsessed Jack Smith, comes out and charges him with an insurrection, and then tries to get a DC kangaroo court to hand him a, a guilty conviction, and then the states can run around and say, "Well, oh, now we get to take him off the ballot." I mean, the special prosecutor is obsessed with stopping Trump. Jack Smith is obsessed, and his case is going nowhere. And when Brett Kavanaugh asked that question today. I realized as much as I'm glad he asked it, you know, that at that moment, Jack Smith turned around to his people and said, listen, get the charges going for insurrection or giving aid and comfort to those who committed an insurrection. They can always add new charges to an indictment. And that's my concern and has been my concern for some time. I've told you that. I've told you that um, months ago when the Proud Boys were convicted of seditious conspiracy, that that was entirely about setting up Trump. To bar him from being able to run for president under the idea that he gave them aid and comfort. Now, A, the Proud Boys did not commit an insurrection because there was not not an insurrection against the United States of America on January 6th. There was a riot, but there was not an insurrection. At no point was the government of the United States of America going to be overthrown. At no point. It was not an insurrection. The Proud Boys did not commit seditious conspiracy, and it was a ridiculous over-prosecution. But prosecutors are famous for over-prosecution, including Jack Smith. Jack Smith is a guy who went after the governor of Virginia years ago, Bob McDonald, and had his case reversed entirely by a unanimous Supreme Court, who said he went way too far in going after McDonald. So the point is that this guy is hell-bent on getting people, and he doesn't believe in any restraints. So there's nothing, nothing I doubt, nothing, when it comes to this guy adding charges. But the big question before the court today, there were several. Number one was, what is an insurrection? How do you define it? Number two, does the 14th Amendment Section 3 apply to presidents? And it was Justice Ketanji Brown Jackson who said, listen, if there's any ambiguity with that, don't we have to to err on the side of democracy here? You know, if there's any ambiguity, don't we have to go with that, with the idea that if we're not really sure what the 14th Amendment Section 3 says, don't we have to go with that notion? And if not, then we got a real problem here. We got a real problem. And then the other question that the court was facing today was, can one state decide for the rest of the country who they get to vote for and who becomes president? Because these, these, these presidential elections can be very, very close. And if they're very close like that, well, then that one state may decide. And if that happens, then it's a real problem. Then they have decided for the rest of the country. And then the justices went back and forth with all kinds of other arguments, too. What does this mean if one state decides a candidate can't be on the ballot and another state decides he can? Doesn't that become just a, a hodgepodge, a patchwork of confusion? And the the, uh, the guy who was arguing the case on behalf of Colorado, I mean, he was a, um, a smart guy, no, no doubt about it. But he had a hard time coming back to that point by saying, well, the states have the authority to... Oversee the elections because they get to decide how their electors are chosen. But he really could not answer the fact that this could turn into a patchwork quilt. Some states have this candidate on the ballot, some states don't. Some states have another candidate on the ballot, some states don't. And it'd be a mess for the system. And every justice, including the liberal justices, came back to that point. They really came back to that point. But let me begin with Katanji Brown Jackson. And she agrees with Justice Kavanaugh's argument. While well, she questioned Jason Murray, the attorney for Norma Anderson and group, and they're the group of Colorado voters who sued to try to keep Trump off the ballot,
5: cut four. From rising again in the context of these sort of local elections as opposed to focusing on the presidency. Well,
6: two points on that, Justice Jackson. First is that, as I discussed earlier, there isn't the same history of states regulating ballot access at this time so ballot access rules to ex- restrict presidential candidates wouldn't have wouldn't have existed they wouldn't have been r- raised one way or another right but I'm not uh, making a distinction between but, ballot access and no, anything uh, else understood yeah. but the more yeah. the more broad point I want to make is that what is very clear from the history is is that the framers were concerned about charismatic rebels who might rise through the ranks up to and including the presidency of the United States
5: but then why didn't they put the word president in the very enumerated list in Section 3. The thing that really is troubling to me is I totally understand your argument, but they were listing people that were barred and President is not there. And so I guess that just makes me worry that maybe they weren't focusing on the president. And, for example, the fact that electors of vice president and president are there suggests that really what they thought was, if we're worried about the charismatic person, we're going to bar insurrectionist electors, and therefore that person is never going to rise.
6: This came up in the debates in Congress over Section 3, where uh, Reverdy Johnson said, why haven't you included president and vice president in the language? And Senator Morrill responds, we have. Look at the
5: language any office under the United States. Yes, but doesn't that at least suggest ambiguity? And this sort of ties into Justice Kavanaugh's point. In other words, we had a a person right there at the time saying what I'm saying. The, the language here doesn't seem to include president. Why is that? And so if there's an ambiguity, why would we construe it to, as Justice Kavanaugh pointed out, uh, uh, against democracy? Well, Reverend e. Johnson came back and agreed Let's with that. Let's stop reading. it right
4: there. That point that she makes, if there's an ambiguity, if we're not really sure if they meant to include presidents and vice presidents, if we're not sure there's any question on this, why would the, we then let that ambiguity go against democracy, meaning not allowing people to choose who they want to be president? Think about this now. This is, I mean, look, I'm not a fan of Ketanji Brown-Jackson generally, but she's 100% correct. I mean, she's, really, that, she's 100% spot on there. Her point is excellent. She makes the point of saying, listen, I'm really concerned here that the, why the word president is not there. You know, and I've, I've explained this to you before. I've explained to you that, that if you look at the text of the 14th Amendment, Section 3, it does not list president. It does not list vice president, but it lists electors to president, lists electors to vice president. It doesn't list president. so they knew the word, they knew how to spell. And she's very concerned about the fact that the president is not in there. And she has a right to be concerned about that fact because I believe that it's not there because they didn't want the president to be included. The, the guy arguing on Colorado's behalf is going on about how, well, there was a debate, da, ba that da, ba, da, went the back and forth and bada boom, bada bing. And she's going, I get it. I get it. I get all that. I get it. But if there's any ambiguity here, wouldn't we want to side on the democracy side of the of, of the, of the, uh, the level and not, not the other side? If we're not 100% sure in the absence of knowing for sure, for certain, meaning that the word is there, wouldn't we go with democracy and say, let the people choose? So you see, this is, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's an excellent point that she makes. And she's right. And she's right about that fact. You can debate all day long whether or not they meant to include the president in the 14th Amendment Section 3. It's my personal belief they did not because the word is not there. But that's an opinion. It's not a fact. It's an opinion. And she's correctly pointing that out. Since, it, since, since we're dealing with ambiguity, since we're dealing with a difference of opinion here, wouldn't we go on the side of giving the people the chance and the choice to make in the election? In the absence of knowing for sure, and the only way to know for sure is if the words are there in the 14th Amendment Section 3. Because you could go, you know, you, you think about, well, they had this debate, this guy said that, this guy said something else to the other guy, and he wrote a letter to this guy, and that guy said something at a bar, and this guy. It, it becomes like the, t- the telephone game. I don't know. All I know is... In the absence of knowing for sure, don't we just go with giving the people the final say on the issue? She's right. I mean, I, believe me, I, I started my day today, as I start most days, by running 18 miles, uh, powerlifting, and swimming 10 laps. And then turning on C-SPAN. Some of that is true. Not all of it is true. I don't always turn on C-SPAN. Some days I don't. Some days I don't turn on C-SPAN to start my day. But I did today. And I turned on right at 10 a.m. when the Supreme Court was beginning oral arguments on this. And I put my AirPods in. And I proceeded to hang a chandelier and listen to the entire Supreme Court case. And I'm happy to report to you that while the chandelier is not yet, the wires are not connected, the chandelier is in place. And the ceiling did not fall down. I'm also happy to report to you that even though the chandelier is not hot, as they say, because I didn't actually wire it yet, it's still in place. It has not fallen down yet. So I'm very happy and proud of myself. Felt very manly. I also took a bunch of light bulbs to the dump today, old school fluorescent light bulbs to the dump. These are the things that make men feel like men. All right. And I went to Home Depot and I got an outlet switch cover and some contractor bags. All while listening to the United States Supreme Court argue this case. And I and then I took a bus. I took a bus today to Camden and got on the train and took the train into the city all while listening to this case, because I have to I have an event tonight at the Union League and I don't want to drive home. So I didn't want to have my car here because I'm off tomorrow because tomorrow I'm, dri- I'm going to AC. I'm speaking at the Atlanta County Republicans dinner. My buddy uh, Don Purdy, the county chairman, invited me to be a special speaker. They're honoring Congressman Jeff Van Drew tomorrow night. So I'll be off tomorrow, and Michael Pelko will be in. So I don't leave my car in the city. I don't want to, have to come back and get it tomorrow. I'll probably be carjacked by that anyway, because I don't get me parking anymore here. So bottom line is that I listened to the entire oral arguments. And at one point, as I was hanging the chandelier, and I heard Ketanji Brown Jackson say this, I almost fell off the stool, the ladder thingy which I did another point, but not for that reason. And I couldn't believe that it was Katanji Brown-Jackson making that point. And I said, holy cow, Colorado is really, really screwed here. I mean, they, they, they don't have a chance. And I went, this is great. I did not expect the three liberal justices to ask these kind of questions. And Kagan Kagan did a great job. I mean, there were a couple of other clips of Kagan, Matt. I think you're still working on getting. I think at least one more, right? Kagan did a great job today. Believe me, I did not have on my Hell'scape bingo card that I would be coming on the show today praising liberal Supreme Court justices. I did not think that. I when I woke up today and I did my 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 run and my powerlifting and I did all those things that I do every day to start the day, and I didn't think I'd be coming on the air to begin by saying kudos to Ketanji Brown Jackson and Elena Kagan and even justice Sonia Sotomayor asked a really good question today which we're also going to get the audio of that as well so i'm telling you right now colorado it's over it's just a matter of whether or not you get the uh, the cranky justice to go along with this or not the cranky justice to go along otherwise it's going to be 8 to 1 or if the cranky justice goes along then it'll be 9 nothing and and and, and either way I think the court's going to come around and say what is very obvious here is that if a state can just decide this, then it would be a disaster for the system and that Congress has to adjudicate this matter. And Congress did. And they passed an insurrection statute. And that's what Justice Brett Kavanaugh points out. So that's the good news. The bad news, though, is that I know right now as we speak that that special counsel is working on adding more charges against Trump. I just know it. I know it in my bones. These people are never going to stop. They are terrified of him, and they are not going to stop. They are trying so hard, so hard to stop him. And the double standard of justice, I mean, right now, White House, you know, no charges against Biden for having classified documents, none. Mistakes when packing documents are common, they say. So no big whoop. You know, no big whoop. No charges against Biden. Even though Biden was vice president, not president, and had no right to have those documents, none whatsoever. Some of those documents he had as a senator, no ability to declassify them, nothing. Blatant violation of federal law. But like Hillary Clinton, no reasonable prosecutor would bring charges against this man. So we'll just go after Trump, who was president when he had the documents, a former president when he had them in his possession, and had the ability to declassify them before he left the White House, which he claims he did. But for him, we'll pursue criminal charges. Against Joe Biden, we won't. But here is Justice Brett Kavanaugh on that point that I mentioned. Take a listen.
6: He had the opportunity to call witnesses remotely. He didn't use all of his time at trial. There was ample process here, and this is how ballot access determinations in election cases are are decided all the time. Okay. Uh, Second question. Some of the rhetoric of your position, I don't think
7: it is your position, but some of the rhetoric of your position seems to suggest unless the states can do this, no one can prevent insurrectionists from holding federal office. But obviously Congress has enacted statutes, uh, including one still in effect, section 2383 of Title 18 prohibits insurrection it's a federal criminal statute and if you're convicted of that you are it says shall be disqualified from holding any office and so there is a federal statute on the books but um president trump has not been charged with that so what what are
6: we to make of that two things your honor section 2383 was initially enacted about six
4: that question right there is great you don't have the answer matt Okay, Uh, that question was was great, and it was an excellent spot-on point by Brett Kavanaugh. You know, we have this federal statute. Trump was not charged with it. Trump was not convicted of it. So what do you make of that? And there you go. And that's why I'm worried now the special counsel is working on those federal charges as we speak right now. 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. We're coming right back. A lot to talk about today. This, of course, is the big story of the day. Brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria.
10: Put the spring back into your step and into your home too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at blinds.com Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
3: The only Show on your schedule. From Talk Radio 1210 WPHT in the free Odyssey app.
4: Yeah, I did not think that Elena Kagan and Ketanji Brown-Jackson would be delivering points today that I'd be applauding on the show. I just, didn't, I just didn't have it on my Hellscape bingo card, but the one thing is that these are very, very unpredictable times that we live in. No doubt, unpredictable times. Ketanji Brown-Jackson, her point destroyed Colorado's entire argument. You now, if there's ambiguity under the question of whether or not the president is included, oh, look. don't get me wrong, I, I would be happy if Ketanji Brown-Jackson was, I'd be thrilled if she was not on the Supreme Court not like I'm a big fan of Ketanji Brown-Jackson, but she's correct in this point. And um, she's right. I mean, she's right in what she says here to the Colorado attorney. You know, if there's any ambiguity here, you got you to gotta turn around. You got to side on the side of the voters. So you got to give them the, the, the say. And there's a lot of ambiguity on whether or not the president's supposed to be included under the 14th Amendment Section 3. Now, Biden uh, is not being charged with having classified documents. Apparently, he's saying he didn't remember he had them when he was VP. Biden's also talking to dead world leaders again. I made a joke on Twitter today. You remember the movie The, the Sixth Sense? Well, I said it was The, the 46th Sense because he's the 46th president. The 46th Sense, which is that he sees dead world leaders. Like he said, the kid in The Sixth Sense sees dead people everywhere. Biden sees dead world leaders everywhere. The other day was Mitterrand of France. Then it was the prime minister of Germany who died. And he's just talking to these dead people. Oh, you know, it's the Forty Six Cents. That's my new movie that I'm making. So I've got several movies in the works now. Cocaine White House Dogs, Escape from Georgia Penal Edition, The Forty Six Cents, which is my heart my first foray into horror. I feel like I had some other movies too. Now I don't remember what they are. Damn it. We never write this stuff down, do we? I mean,
2: I know you said Basic Instinct three. Basic Instinct three. Our second had already been created.
4: But that's the one where I what is I kill someone, but I. I just remember you had a, a a
2: scene in there which nobody wants to see.
4: My Sharon Stone yeah. inspired scene. But what was the basis of why I wanted to kill my enemy? I forget. And I said I kill him. I threatened to kill him on the radio. Remember? I don't. I don't remember. <laughs>
11: We'll have to go to the archives. So many people I want to kill. I don't even. So, know. Someone will bring it up when you know it gets to them. Road Warrior should yeah. know. Thirty
4: seconds or ten know. minutes from now, depending on if they're listening over the radio or the app. Yeah. <laughs> no, actually, I was listening to Opelka last night. My last hour driving up to the event. And thanks for joining us last night out in Wayne. We had a great time at Main Point Books. Thank you for coming out. And um, Papa Lee, thank you for the bourbon, brother. That was very nice of you. Gave me a nice bottle of Woodford Reserve. My man, appreciate that. I drank it on the way home, the whole bottle. And um it was great too. So I appreciate that very, very much. Um it was fun with Terry Hayes last night. It was really fun. But anyway, as I was driving up there I realized that the six o'clock hours, I don't know if you guys started the hour late yesterday or what, but it wasn't until six eleven, I think, that the show came on. Yeah, we didn't start it at six eleven. So that means that there's a significant delay on the, on the, on the stream, on the app. Yeah, about 10 minutes, more than 10 minutes. Oof, brutal. Brutal. All right, so let's continue. So uh, once again, I want to play Katanji Brown-Jackson's point because I think it's excellent and I think it drives it home. And again, I did not think I'd start the day today by saying bravo to a liberal justice. But it's, you know, when somebody's right, they're right. You know, I'm, I'm a mature enough adult, not actually very immature, but I can say when somebody on the other side of the aisle gets it right. I don't mind saying that. Tanji Brown Jackson is correct in her point. Cut number four.
5: From rising again in the context of these sort of local elections as opposed to focusing on the presidency. Well, two points on that, Justice Jackson. First
6: is that, as I discussed earlier, there isn't the same history of states regulating ballot access at this time so ballot access rules to ex- restrict presidential candidates wouldn't have wouldn't have existed they wouldn't have been r- raised one way or another right but I'm not uh, making a distinction between but, ballot access and no, anything uh, else understood yeah. but the more yeah. the more broad point I want to make is that what is very clear from the history is is that the framers were concerned about charismatic rebels who might rise through the ranks up to and including the presidency of the United States
5: but then why didn't they put the word president in the very enumerated list in Section 3. The thing that really is troubling to me is I totally understand your argument, but they were listing people that were barred and President is not there. And so I guess that just makes me worry that maybe they weren't focusing on the president. And, for example, the fact that electors of vice president and president are there suggests that really what they thought was, if we're worried about the charismatic person, we're going to bar insurrectionist electors, and therefore that person is never going to rise.
6: This came up in the debates in Congress over Section 3, where uh, Reverdy Johnson said, why haven't you included president and vice president in the language? And Senator Morrill responds, we have. Look at the language any office under the United States. Yes,
5: but doesn't that at least suggest ambiguity? And this sort of ties into Justice Kavanaugh's point. In other words, we had a a person right there at the time Saying what I'm saying, the the language here doesn't seem to include president. Why is that? And so, if there's an ambiguity, why would we construe it to, as Justice Kavanaugh pointed out, uh, uh, against democracy?
6: Well, Reverdy e. Johnson came back and agreed with that reading. Any office is clear. The
5: Constitution says about 20 times. No, that I don't, the I'm not going to that. So let me let me let me just say, you, so your point is that it's that there's no ambiguity. It, with 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 having a list and not having president in it, with having a history that suggests that they were really focused on local concerns in the South.
4: She's right. I mean, it's there's big ambiguity there. And am my because what does ambiguity mean? What's the real definition of it? Right. It's when it's when you ju- you just don't know for sure the basis of opinion versus fact is you just don't know for sure. If the word president was there written into the amendment, we'd know for sure. In the absence of that, it's an opinion. It's, and, and, and opinions are, by, by virtue of that, ambiguous. So in my opinion is they did not mean to include president because they didn't put it in. And he's talking about some other guy who argued that it, we did mean to include it because president's an officer of the United States, but that's her point. Somebody else raised the question. So obviously there's ambiguity. And in the absence of that, in the absence of knowing for sure, you got to go with the people. You got to let the people decide. It's exactly right. I also did not think that I would be saying that Elena Kagan got it right today either. But again, days are full of surprises. I, life is completely unpredictable. It really is. Here's uh, Justice Elena Kagan.
6: Cut five there has to be some process for determining those questions. And and then the question becomes, does anything in the 14th Amendment say that only Congress can create that process? And and Section 5 very clearly is not an exclusive provision. It says Congress shall have power.
12: But maybe put most boldly, I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be president of the United States. In other words, you know, this question of whether a former president is disqualified for insurrection uh to be president
4: why should one state get to decide why why one state should get to decide who can be president and that's and that's and that's the point and the, and the guy can't answer that there's no there's no answer to that point there's no follow-up answer to that and that is that is the issue right there here's chief justice uh john roberts Discussing Colorado's argument, cut number three.
8: The whole point of the 14th Amendment was to restrict state power, right? States uh, shall not abridge privileges immunity. They won't deprive people of property without due process. Um, uh, They won't deny uh, equal protection. And on the other hand, it augmented federal power under Section 5. Congress has the power to enforce it. So wouldn't that be the last place that you'd look for authorization for the states, including the Confederate states, uh, to enforce, implicitly authorized, to enforce the presidential election process? That that seems to be a position that is at, uh, at war with the whole thrust of the 14th Amendment and very ahistorical.
6: No, Your Honor. First, we would locate the state's authority to run presidential elections, not in the 14th Amendment, but in Article 2. And that power is nearly plenary to determine the Yeah, but you're relying
8: on, you, you have no reliance on Section 3, is that what you're saying? No, Your Honor, certainly we have reliance on
6: Section 3 insofar as Article 2 gives states this broad power to determine how their electors are selected, and that broad power implies the narrower power to enforce federal constitutional qualifications. Well, but
8: the like narrower power you're looking for is the power of disqualification, right? That is a very specific power in the 14th Amendment, and you're saying that was implicitly extended to the states under a clause that doesn't address that at all.
4: It doesn't address that at all because Congress has the power. And then to go back to what Justice Brett Kavanaugh said, and he's right, Congress did pass an insurrection statute. They did. And Trump was not found guilty of that. So isn't that game, set, match right there? I mean, if, if we're going to, again, have this debate about whether or not states get to decide on their own, you know, states get to just make, make their own conclusions here, draw their own conclusions And if the 14th Amendment was to restrict states' power and then a state turns around and says, we can, and this is really what what Elena Kagan's saying, too, we can decide who gets to be president of the United States. We, one state, we can decide this. And the 14th Amendment was there to literally say that you can't do that. And then they gave Congress the power. Congress passes an insurrection statute. Trump has not been found guilty of that insurrection statute. So that's the end of it. That's the end. That's it. Game, set, match. It's over goodbye, Colorado, good night, sleep tight, it's done. It's not that complicated. And then to Katanji Brown Jackson's point, if the word president's not there, even if, even if you all think he did commit an insurrection, if the, president, if the word president's not there, even if you think it's an insurrection, if they didn't put the word president there, then how can you then make that determination if it's ambiguous? Why not err on the side of democracy and let the people decide? So all those things taken together show it's a very, very bad day for Colorado. Here's a little bit more of uh, Justice Kagan to Colorado's uh, lawyer. And again, this is the the question you have to confront is why one state should decide who gets to be president of the United States of America. One state. got five.
12: Whether a former president is disqualified for insurrection uh, to be president again is, you know, just say it. It sounds awfully national to me. Um, So whatever means there are to enforce it would suggest that they have to be federal, national means. Why does, uh, you know, if you weren't from Colorado and you were from Wisconsin or you were from Michigan, and it really, you know, what the Michigan Secretary of State did is going to make the difference between, you know, whether candidate A is elected or candidate B is elected. I mean, that seems quite extraordinary, doesn't it? No, Your Honor, because ultimately
6: it's this court that's going to decide that question of federal constitutional eligibility and settle the issue for the nation. And and certainly it's not unusual that questions of national importance come up. Well, I suppose this
12: court would be saying something along the lines of that a state has the power to do it. But I guess I was was asking you to go a little bit further and saying why should that be the right rule? Why should a single state have the ability? To make this determination not only for their own citizens but for the rest of the nation?
6: Because Article II gives them the power to to appoint their own electors as they see fit, but if they're going to use a federal constitutional qualification as a ballot access determinant, then it's creating a federal constitutional question that then this Court decides. And other courts, other states, if, if this Court affirms the decision below, determining that President Trump is ineligible to be president other states would still have to determine what effect that would have on their own states law and state procedure well in terms i mean if we access.
0: if we affirmed and we said he was ineligible to be president yes maybe some states would say well you know we're going to keep him on the ballot anyway but i mean really it's going to have as justice kagan said the effect of colorado deciding and it's true i just want to push back a little bit on well it's a national thing because this court will decide it You say that we have to review Colorado's factual record with clear error as the standard of review. So we would be stuck, the first mover state here Colorado, we're stuck with that record. And, you know, I I, I don't want to get into whether the, the record, I mean, maybe the record is great, But what if the record wasn't? I mean, what if it wasn't a fulsome record? What if, you know, the the hearsay rules are, you know, one-offs? Or what if this is just made by the Secretary of State without much process at all? How do we review those factual findings? Why should clear error review apply? And doesn't that just kind of buckle back into this point that Justice Kagan was making, you know, that we made with Mr. Mitchell, too, that it just doesn't seem like a state call?
6: Three points, Your Honor. The first is that, Ordinarily, of course, this court reviews factual findings for clear error, but President Trump made the point in in his reply brief that sometimes on constitutional questions that require a uniform resolution, this court can do something more like a Bose Corp-style independent review of the factual record. And we would have no objection to that, given that the record here, really really the facts that are disputed here are incredibly narrow. The essence of our case is President Trump's own statements that he made in public view for all to see.
0: But then that's saying that in this context, which is very high stakes, if we review the facts essentially de novo, you want us all to just watch the video of the ellipse and then make a decision without any deference to or guidance from lower court fact-finding? That's unusual.
6: Well, Ultimately, President Trump himself urges this court to decide the merits of his eligibility on the factual record here at page two of his brief. He's never at any point in this proceeding suggested there was something else that needed to be in the factual record, any other witnesses that he wanted to call to present his case. And again, the essence of our case is his own statements and and, and in particular his own
13: videotaped statements on the ellipse. M- Mr. Murray, just to circle back to, I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, I wanted to, before we left it, I wanted to circle back to where Justice Kagan uh, was. Um, do you agree that the state's powers here over its ballot for a federal officer election have to come from some constitutional authority?
4: All right, now let's stop it right Congress there. That's Gorsuch, and we'll come, We'll that. come. let's stop it quick right there. That's uh, Justice Gorsuch, right, Matt? Okay, we'll come back to that in just a moment. That exchange, though, which is interesting. All right, so the idea then is Colorado has decided on its own, and Colorado made this, had this trial, gave Trump due process, and then Colorado decided, and that the Supreme Court doesn't have the ability to turn around and say Colorado was wrong. But that's what Justice Barrett is saying, and really what the other justices are saying is saying, it doesn't, like, we don't have to come back and say Colorado's wrong on their facts. We don't have to get into whether Colorado made the wrong call. We just have to determine whether or not Colorado has the right to make that call for the rest of the country. And we don't have to get into whether or not Trump actually committed an insurrection or not. That's not what our job is. Our job is to question whether or not... We, Colorado may have, got, may, have, may have nailed it in terms of determining that Trump made an ins, got an insurrection. But is that how... The Constitution is supposed to work. That a state then has a trial and then holds a finds a, a finding of guilt, and then that finding then affects the entire country. And the answer to that is no, because it's it's madness to think that a state can do that and just on their own with that power be able to make that determination. It's it's you don't have to get into the nitty gritty of of how Colorado held the trial or any of the the details of that. You just have to look at the question of whether or not. Colorado can have a trial and determine Trump's guilty of insurrection, but does that matter? Or is it just a feel-good thing? Because even if they made that determination, they lack the authority to make that determination. They lack the ability then to apply that to the rest of the country. And the answer to that is very obvious. They don't have the authority to do that, and they lack that authority for the rest of the country. And that's really the point that Justice Kavanaugh was making. You know, we have a federal insurrection statute. It's there. there. Why? But Trump was not charged with that. Trump was not found guilty of that. So, why are we talking about what happened in a state court? It's a, it's, it's, it's a really important point. I can't stress that enough. 855 839 1210. Listen, McCaws and Lock Service, they are great people and they are dedicated to helping you with all of your needs. And they're huge supporters of our Travis Mannion Foundation Radiothon. Proud once again, as a family owned business for over 100 years, Tom, Chrissy, and the entire team understand how important it is to support a great cause like the Travis Mannion Foundation. So if you've lost your car keys or your key fob is broken, you've got to call McCausland Lock Service. They're the experts you need to repair, replace, reprogram original factory remotes, transponder keys, chip keys, and more. In addition to major makes, they also help you with various BMW, Mercedes, Volkswagen, and Audi vehicles. And they can help you while you wait. And the best part is they charge up to 50% below what you'd pay at a dealer. They are a full service locksmith and they are available for whatever you need and they are dedicated to delivering superior customer service. Call McCausland Lock Service today at 610-430-1500. 610-430-1500. Ask to talk to Tom or Chrissy about how they can help you. That's 610-430-1500 or visit them. They're conveniently located on Route 420 in Prospect Park, PA. McCausland Lock Service.
3: Thanks for listening to the See Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the Odyssey app.
4: All
14: right. We got a great guest
4: coming up in just a few moments. And that is uh, Zach Smith, legal fellow at the Heritage's uh, Edwin R. Meese Center. Look, I, you know, I love this stuff. I'm a, I'm a total constitutional nerd. So I love the Supreme Court stuff. I love the Supreme Court arguments. I told you that I used to drive around in high school <laughs> listening to May It Please the Court. Oral arguments of the 10 most contentious cases before the court when they, you know, had audio recordings anyway. Like, there's no audio recording of Dred Scott, for example. They just didn't have audio recordings back then. But, um, you know, chicks dug it. High school chicks dig it. Cheerleaders in particular. <laughs>
11: what? I, I'd like to think that you, like, lost a girl and then you, like, mm-hmm. stood outside her house, the boom box, and say, like, and say anything, and you... <laughs> You're just playing one of those tapes.
4: Play Texas v. Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Just blasting it, whether flag burning's constitutional or not. In your briefs, not briefs like underwear, but in your amicus briefs, light the heat. In your briefs, I am complete. I give you cert. Invite me up. Such a nerd. Uh, so anyway, I, I but I'm thrilled. I'm just thrilled with the arguments today. I really am. I'm, I'm happy. I, again, I did not think I'd, I'd come on the air today saying that I'm I'm uh, really happy with the questions that were asked by Katanji Brown Jackson and Elena Kagan. But um, every day is a surprise in this day and age. And I think it's going to be a 8-1 or, or unanimous opinion. Sotomayor is a little tricky. because She's cranky. But Colorado is going to lose and Trump is going to be on the ballot. And that's the end of it, and that I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you that. But we'll talk more about this coming up straight ahead. Don't go away. We got a big show for you today, so I would stay right there if I were you.
3: Rich Cole, weekday afternoons, three to seven. Talk Radio, twelve ten. WPHT, and on the Free Odyssey app. Mm-hmm. OGL HD3, Philadelphia, from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. This is the next generation of talk. Now on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Rich Zioli.
4: While the special counsel has concluded that Joe Biden has lost it, I kid you not, I kid you not. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. In saying that they are not going to charge Joe Biden for having classified documents, they render the following. We have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. I kid you not. That is actually from the special counsel's report. You can't make this up. Today feels like a strange day. Supreme Court justices on the left are saying things that I agree with. And the special counsel just confirmed for the country that Biden has lost it. Reminds me of that scene in Miracle on 34th Street when they determine that he is Santa Claus because the United States Postal Service delivers all the mail. The judge says, hey, it's good enough for the U.S. government. It's good enough for me. Special counsel just confirmed what we all know. Biden's lost it. Unbelievable. 855-839-1210, but two standards of justice, of course. Biden not charged. Trump charged. Democrat privilege. Here to talk about the Supreme Court case today, all of this. Zach Smith joins me, legal fellow and manager of the Supreme Court and Appellate Advocacy Program in the Heritage, Heritage Foundation's Edwin R. Meese Center. Zach, thanks for coming, uh, for coming back on the show. I appreciate it.
15: No, of course. Thanks for having me on. Always uh, great to chat with you.
4: Before I get into the Supreme Court stuff, any thoughts on the special counsel's conclusion on Biden and the classified documents?
15: Look, I haven't had a chance to do a deep dive into it yet. But I think certainly, you know, the excuse that Joe Biden made when this story first broke, uh, that his garage, where he kept many of these documents, was the same place he kept his Corvette, <laughs> certainly uh, fell short of a uh you know, protecting those documents vigorously. And I think, look, at the end of the day, it really does lead to a question of why Donald Trump is essentially being prosecuted uh, for mishandling classified documents or documents marked classified uh, when Joe Biden and other top government officials uh, have admitted to doing essentially the same thing uh, without themselves being prosecuted.
4: Yeah, Trump's facing, what, 20 years behind bars for exactly the same thing. And Biden, they go, he's a He's a kind old man who's lost his marbles, so no, no don't worry about it.
15: Yeah, I mean, look, it, you know, you mentioned it, and we've talked about it before. The double standard of justice that appears to be, you know, pervasive in our country right now particularly in terms of prosecutions, but particularly under the Biden Justice Department. You know, I can give you a lot of examples. If you look at the, you know, uh, pro-life individuals that are being prosecuted criminally, where, you know, hardened criminals are not being prosecuted by the Biden Justice Department or transgendered activists and others are not being prosecuted for a variety of their own crimes. I think it quickly becomes apparent uh, that this, unfortunately, is a Justice Department under Merrick Garland uh, that has not come close to living up uh, to his place of impartially applying the law
4: Zach let's agree with you 100% percent by the way let's turn to the Supreme Court today I listened to the entire oral arguments because uh, I'm a nerd and I, I was <laughs> uh, I, I was amazed by some of the comments that were made by the liberal justices on the court but I want to begin with Brett Kavanaugh because I think I think Brett Kavanaugh really in my in my opinion answered the question that I've been saying for quite some time now which is you know how can a state make this determination? when there is a federal statute of insurrection and Donald Trump has not been found guilty of that. So then, then if there's a federal law on that passed by Congress, how does a state then get to make that determination when there has not been a federal charge in a federal trial?
15: Right. Right. No, look, it's a great question. I think that's a very important point. And not only has not Donald Trump not been charged with insurrection, but keep in mind, he was actually acquitted of that. That was one of the charges of his second impeachment trial. Uh, and the Senate, acting as a you know jury, essentially, in that instance, actually acquitted him of that conduct. And so now you're in the very bizarre position where he's essentially being removed from the ballot for conduct that he's never been criminally charged for and for conduct that he's actually been acquitted of by the Senate during the second impeachment trial. And so I think that's absolutely a valid uh point that Justice Kavanaugh and others have made as well, uh, but look, it just highlights really the the absurdity and the you know unmoored from the text of the Constitution legal basis uh, that the Colorado Supreme Court used to essentially removed Donald Trump from the ballot in that state.
4: Let me ask you, Zach, did that come up at all with the Supreme Court today? Did they bring up the acquittal by the Senate as 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 you just mentioned?
15: Well, you know, I listened to uh, a lot of the argument. I did miss bits and pieces. But look, you know, I think, you know, what surprised me personally, Rich, was, you know, not only the familiarities and the justices all had with the record, as they should, but really the aggressive questioning of Colorado's lawyers uh, by the liberal justices. Elena Kagan, even Kutanji Brown Jackson uh, seemed to be not sympathetic uh, to Colorado's position that the Colorado uh, Secretary of State did unilaterally decide to remove Donald Trump uh, from the ballot, and so when you've lost Kentonji Brown Jackson in one of these cases, you know that certainly doesn't bode well uh, for you know the outcome if you're Colorado.
4: No, I think you also lost Kagan too. I mean, Kagan's point about uh, why one state should decide who gets to be President of the United States, I thought was a great point, and I and I think she she doubled down on that point of saying. You know, how come one state gets to decide this for the rest of the country? Well, and I think
15: it's even more than that in some ways, Rich. This really didn't get teased out at the argument too much. But, you know, if you take the logic of the Colorado Supreme Court's decision to its logical conclusion, you end up with results like what happened in Maine, where the Maine Secretary of State unilaterally decided to remove Donald Trump from the ballot. There was no court decision in that case. The Maine Secretary of State just said, I'm going to do it. And what's really troubling is that under the logic of the Colorado Supreme Court, not only uh, could a secretary of state, a statewide official do that, really any local elected official could try to do that as well. And I think that would obviously lead to absurd results. It would lead to very bad results uh, for us as a country. And I think it's something that all of us uh, should be concerned about.
4: Yeah, I agree. Now, the other point, too, and, and Zach, I'm grateful that I have you here today, is the question of the ambiguity of Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. So, again, to go back to Ketanji Brown-Jackson, who said, you know, if there's ambiguity here, don't you have to don't you got to go on the side of democracy? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, And I think that's a point. You know,
15: there's very real debates over whether the president qualifies as an officer of the United States. That came out at the oral argument today. Uh, There's a question of whether the president qualifies as an office of the United States uh, for purposes of section three of the 14th Amendment. Uh, And depending on those answers, really could depend on the outcome of the case. You know, one of the things that a lot of people have been talking about is whether there are any options that the justices can use to resolve this case uh, in as close to a unanimous posture as as they can. And so I think if, you know, the court decides that the president uh, is not an officer of the United States, and there are some very compelling reasons for why that is not the case, uh, then you know the court could potentially resolve it on that grounds, uh, and you know, it seems like many justices, including even the liberal justices uh, like Kampanji Brown Jackson, who made this point today, might be willing to go along with, with that type of decision.
4: Is that better for Trump than if they go with the idea that hey, look, he hasn't been charged and convicted on the federal level? Because you know my concern is that the special prosecutor, Jack Smith, no relation to you, Zach Smith, That's uh, right. and I want to make that point very clear. Uh, that 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 guy is is is, is so hell bent on getting Trump that I could see him adding charges of, you know, giving aid and comfort to those who've committed an insurrection or something like that. You know, oh, well, if 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 the court goes in that direction and says, well, Trump has not been found guilty of that on the federal level, the special counsel throwing right. those charges on it. So is it better for Trump then if the court just comes back and says the president is not included in, in Section three? Yes and no, in
15: some ways. And I'll put in a shameless plug here, Rich. There's actually a phenomenal panel at the Heritage Foundation yesterday uh, with a variety of scholars and lawyers discussing this case. And one of the things they discussed is, you know, these off and the potential outcomes. And uh, Josh Blackman, who's a law professor who's written extensively on this point, uh, Patrick Strawbridge, who's an experienced Supreme Court advocate, Constable McCarthy, both basically said there is a real chance that the Supreme Court, if they try to reach a very narrow distinction, so that they get unanimity or as near to that as possible, that this could simply be kicking the can down the road. You know, keep in mind, Rich, there's also an issue that many of these challenges to the ballot placement are taking place in the context of primary elections, which even though they're administered by the state, really are partisan affairs. And so you could say, well, the state can't really intervene in these primaries. We'll kick the can down the road to the general election. That's a different situation, so I don't think you'll see the court taking that you know kind of uh, broad of a take to kick the can down the road like just you know a few months at most, uh, but you could certainly see them trying to to resolve it on this officer ground uh and hope that the you know further charges aren't filed by Jack Smith and others and try to reach a unanimous uh decision
4: based on your thinking on this is do you think this is going to be a unanimous decision i don't I don't really know much about what sotomayor was Saying today, I might, I might have tuned out. She's so cranky, and you know, it, it's, it's so obvious she doesn't want to be there anymore. It was kind of depressing to listen to her. Well,
15: I've always found it a little depressing to listen to her, Rich, because <laughs> she's so wrong on the law so right. often. Uh, but look, you know, I was a little skeptical uh, before the oral arguments today whether this would be a nine-zero decision, whether it be you know eight-one, seven-two. I do think the majority of the justices are certainly not sympathetic uh, to Colorado's case. After listening to the oral arguments, you know, I'm hesitant to make any definitive predictions, but I certainly think the likelihood that you get a a unanimous decision or maybe an 8-1 decision, uh, something along those lines, is much, much higher today uh, than it was yesterday at the same time before the oral argument.
4: I agree with you, Zach. And and the last question I have for you before I let you go is, is this idea now if the court comes back and says to colorado you know go go scratch here you you can't do this uh, what if what if states turn around and say we're you know we're, we're gonna do it anyway we're gonna keep trump off the ballot regardless we we i mean that was a point that justice amy coney barrett made today and there wasn't I, I i was nervous when i heard her raise that hypothetical i mean what what if the the states just on their own say you know forget you supreme court we're not putting him on the ballot what happens then
15: Yeah, look, we're in uncharted territory, Rich. Uh, You know, certainly I think that would not be a good thing for us as a country, not healthy for us as a republic, as a democracy. There would have to be another basis, though, for states to do that. Maybe they would try to shoehorn some provision of state law uh, to make that happen, a different constitutional provision, perhaps. But then I suspect what would happen is you begin this whole litigation process all over again. You know, don't forget, this is also taking place against the backdrop of the uh, D.C. Circuit's decision that Donald Trump did not have immunity from uh, prosecution for actions he took while uh, president, uh, which itself is very problematic in a lot of ways. So we'll just have to wait and see uh, what the courts do.
4: All right, Zach, I appreciate it, my friend. Zach Smith, Heritage Foundation. Thanks for joining me today. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me on. Take care. You bet. And. Don't go to break, Henry, just yet. I don't know if you were going to do break. Were you going to go to break, Henry? Henry,
11: not necessarily. No, sorry. I was listening to Biden speaking right now. I was seeing if he was sending anything. Oh, oh, oh! Ridiculous. You're monitoring that. Thank yeah. you. Okay, great.
4: Uh, oh, he's yeah. Can we pot it up real quick? Can we jump into that? A
16: five-hour in-person interview over the two days of October the 9th, eighth, and ninth last year, even though Israel had just been attacked by Hamas on the seventh. I was in the middle of handling an international crisis, but I was especially pleased to see the special counsel make clear the stark differences between this case and Donald Trump. As the special counsel wrote, and I quote, several material distinctions between Mr. Trump's case and Mr. Biden's are clear. And by the way, this is the Republican counsel. Most notably, after given multiple chances, this is the continuation of the quote, he returned classified documents and avoided to avoid and avoided prosecution. Mr. Trump allegedly did the opposite. This is a continuing quote. According to the indictment, he has not only refused to return documents for many months, he also obstructed justice by enlisting others to destroy evidence and then lie about it. In contrast, Mr. Biden turned in classified documents to the National Archives, the Department of Justice, consented to a search of multiple locations, including his homes, and sat for a voluntary interview, and in other ways, cooperated with the investigation. That's the distinction, among others. Bottom line is the special counsel, in my case, decided against moving forward with any charges. And this matter is now closed because Joe Biden's a Democrat. It's Democrat privilege. I'll continue to do what I've always done. Stay focused on my job like you do of my job of being president. That means going to work with all of you every single day. I can thank you for being great partners. Just this week, House Democrats showed how united you are. All right. Thank you. So you thank you. Man, my...
4: Appreciate it. Uh, according to Robert Hur's report. Biden's ghostwriter deleted audio recordings after the special counsel was appointed, yet her declined to charge him with obstruction, her H-U-R. That's the name of the of the prosecutor. Reminder that two Mar-a-Lago employees were charged with charged along with Trump for moving boxes of documents. The, the, the big takeaway here is that the United States of America has just basically come out and concluded that Joe Biden is an old man who's lost his marbles. I mean, that, that's, the, that's the bottom line here. That's the bottom line. And I want to share this with you. I want to read you exactly what they said. Quote, this is their reason for not charging him, basically. We have also considered that at trial, Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury, as he did during our interview of him, as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. A sympathetic elderly man with a poor memory. That's the United States government determining what we all know. Biden has lost his marbles and he's hiding his own Easter eggs. That's what we know. And that's what the U.S. government has concluded officially, much like how they declared Santa Claus was Santa Claus because of all the mail the United States Postal Service received. Look, this is outrageous, not surprising, two-tier system of justice. We talk about it all the time and it's infuriating. Trump is facing 20 years in prison. Biden was vice president when he had these documents. There's a clear obstruction of justice that occurred. Democrat privilege, it's just infuriating. And it's part of the reason why we've all just had it with this attorney general and this weaponized Department of Justice. No question about it. 855-839-1210 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. We got a lot to chat about. I want to talk about NJ Diet. NJ Diet is fantastic. They will help you lose weight. You know what? You know what today is? Today's a very important day. It's Thursday, February 8th, which means the start of spring is exactly 40 days away from today. 40 days. Do you know what else can happen in 40 days? You can lose 20 to 40 plus pounds with the help of NJ Diet. You will be slimmer for the spring since it only takes 40 days to lose 20 to 40 plus pounds contractually guaranteed. Their results are nearly twice as fast as weight loss injections and without any of those nasty side effects. NJ Diet uses your hair and saliva along with scans to personalize natural solutions and supplements that get your body into the fat burning zone. Then NJ Diet, uses your DNA info to help you keep the weight off. You are fully supervised the entire time to make sure you are burning fat and not just losing water. You even get the doctor's personal email and phone number. So call eight five 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 5 nj diet eight five 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 nj diet or schedule your consult today at njdiet.com. Get ready for spring with njdiet.com. You can do this and they can help
9: Modelo, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois.
7: All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time?
3: The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, in the free Odyssey app.
4: Hey, I got a question for you guys, as in my producers, Matt The Sink, The Traitorous, and Henry Machette. I got to come up with my dates for Kate May, for our live broadcast next year. I got some dates here. Okay. Uh, What do you think's better, April 26th or May 3rd?
2: Uh, April 26th is a Friday. May 3rd is a Friday. They're all, they're all Fridays. All the yeah, shows on. are on Fridays. Ah, sometimes we Where, do Thursdays. No, when no, has no, it no, ever no. been a Thursday? The first one we did one Thursday. You're tripping. Uh, maybe the 3rd, because Cinco de Mayo is right around the corner. That's an excuse to drink. Ooh. That is a
11: good weekend to get down on the shore.
4: Yeah, you think so? All yeah, right, I like, I, like I like that. All right, so Cinco de Mayo. So we'll do May 3rd. All right, I'm just writing back now. It's not, not the kind of thing I'm supposed <laughs> to do on the air, but...
11: It's know, good content, it,
4: whatever. Um, all right, then. The, then they have a, a June date they were thinking, June twenty eighth, right before July fourth. What do you think? That's pretty good. Or is it? Or June twenty first is better because maybe more people will be around. I don't know. Probably the twenty eighth. Twenty eighth, right? We want the, yeah, we went the Fourth of July action. Yeah, but then the next day, I think I'm leaving to go up to Tupper Lake. That's okay. I can get back from Cape May and then go up to Tupper Lake. All right. So we're going to say the twenty eighth. All right, then. They were thinking uh, September, September 6th, right after Labor Day, October 11th, and then on November 8th, which is, uh, or November 15th, they have a Marlin and Tuna Club banquet, and then we got to do a Christmas show. Don't you think we got to do a Christmas show? Uh, December. i mean the christmas show we just did was great wasn't it
2: it was a lot of fun santa even showed up
4: santa was there my it's, man it's <laughs> this busy time of year and he still made time to come see us he still found time to come and see us although i'll be honest I, it's seven months out i yeah I, I can't pick a date that far in advance it's it's not easy right no i know but we're going to be at the republican national convention matt we, we're going to that um which is around the i think the 12th right of july
2: uh the rnc convention date is i think the 15th to the 18th
4: yeah so then do we want to do the 12th or do we want to do the 26th of july uh but then the other one's kind of closest i think we do the 26th and that's a month apart from the from the uh the show that we decided in in june right that works for me gotta do 10 11 all right i don't know we're not good. i don't know if i can fit all this in i don't know if we're gonna have enough time <laughs> i don't know if we're gonna have enough time. Uh, Chris is in Malvern. He wanted to weigh in on uh, the uh, elderly old man with a bad memory. Chris, how are you, sir?
17: Well, wait a minute. I forgot what I was going to talk. No, um, Rich.
4: <laughs> yes,
17: <laughs> I am a fan of uh, the one of the two greatest documents ever written, is the Constitution. I'm just curious. At the time when these when these documents were near, and I have to preface it by saying. I hate when they say Corvette because I love Corvettes. I have a couple. I collect them, and they're beautiful. They are uh, uh, just destroying the name Corvette with these documents. He was he was vice president when he had these documents. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State, had all of those classified documents on her server at her house. What president? President Trump. Is the only one the president is the executive has the authority to deal and handle with those those um, documents. Why don't they bring up that Biden was vice president when he had all these?
4: They should. They should absolutely bring that up. That's, yes, go
17: ahead. That is. That, that I'm sorry, Rich. I just that is worse than any of these other stuff. His intention. What, are, what do intentions have to do with anything? He, he broke the law. The law and the Constitution is there for a reason. And, and they're trying to uh, show you a shiny uh, object to say, hey, look at this. His intention, he's an old man. His intention was really not, not nefarious. Are you kidding me?
4: Trump just came out, by the way, Chris, a moment ago and said he, he's demanding that the deranged special counsel, Jack Smith, immediately drop charges against him. In the classified documents case, after they decided not to charge Joe Biden, he's exactly right. I mean, what? Why? How can you charge Biden or Trump and not charge Biden? Is he, how? How? How can you do one and not the other?
17: I can't wait for this spin.
4: Yeah, I agree with you, Chris. Well done, sir. This is uh, great. I appreciate your help. Thank you very much. Um, Pat is in ready. Pat, go ahead. How are you?
11: Hey, Rich. Great. Uh, so I read this this document today and uh just a quick thing if you get to the end of the summary it's like four sections where they uh described each of the four things they were really looking into him for there's a little summary at the each event every section and it's it's just it's amazing it seems like a first-year law student wrote it like yes everything that we talked about in this section he did it and he did it willfully but you know You know, a jury would probably not find him guilty. It's not their job to wonder if a jury is going to find him guilty or not. It's their job to look at the evidence and and everything they said there should be charges for. The other thing about the uh, person, his ghostwriter, who destroyed the tapes, it specifically says they requested the tapes, he destroyed them, and then... The FBI came to him, and they had to take his computer, and they found most of the information on there. What? How is that different? I mean, that's ten times worse than some guys moving boxes at Mar-a-Lago. I mean, this is ridiculous. The little summary sections at the end of each one are, if every anyone can read it, it's not a very long document, but you've got to read those sections. There, I swear to God, it looks like a first-year law student wrote it.
4: Because a first-year law student probably did. You know what I mean, Pat? They yeah. probably did. And and, and and they wrote this in such a way, of course, a, a a way that's almost like a giant F.U. It's a giant F.U. Biden did all these things, but we're not charging him and we're charging Trump. And you got to just live with it because that's the United
11: States of America in this day and age. That's exactly what I thought. Every little summary section at the end of those four sections was almost like, here you go, Trump, right in your face. You know, like they truly did it. I mean, they just blatantly said a big F you to everybody who who cherishes the law and it's ridiculous that's all i had to say
4: well you said it you said it well my man thank you very much for it 8558391210 this is the uh big story of the day today brought to you by our friend dr mike veneria veneria dental.com v a n a r i a veneria dental.com uh there's a lot in in this and i know matt DeSantis is grilling the uh going over the report right now in detail so that we can figure out Nice shirt, by the way. I like that. Zeoli Army. Is that our new producer?
11: Yeah, this is Kirk.
4: Hello, Kirk. How are you, buddy? Kirk just walked into the producer's studio. This is one of those rare days I'm actually in studio. And uh, he's got a Zeoli Army shirt on. Nice Thanks. to meet you.
18: Why wore the merch, so. Welcome aboard. What's that? I said welcome aboard. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Glad to be hey, here.
4: It's great Great to have you. And uh, where are you from? Jersey. Jer- Jersey? <laughs> Hamilton. Hamilton, New yeah. Jersey. That's yep. a g- great pizza in Hamilton.
18: Yes, all over all over
4: tomato pies the the real mm-hmm. deal
18: the real deal yeah loren uh de lorenzo's uh i can't remember <laughs> no, the that's right, i don't
4: want to put you head. on the spot no it's all right i mean the, the original de lorenzo's though in chambersburg trenton that was the real it. deal that's
18: oh yeah well now chambersburg's kind of went to that went to hell yeah yeah more ways than one <laughs> yeah, you so it's that. kirk
4: not kurt right k-i-r-k
18: yeah i answered to both i answered to you kirk, do answer so. to both yep all right good yep
4: I call these guys a lot of bad names. Do you answer I've, I've those? I've heard.
18: Yeah. yeah, I've heard over the... I've been listening to your show for a while. So, yeah, but uh, uh, De Sanctimonious, not Sanctimonious, uh, COVID, no- COVID...
4: Well, there's Matt De traitorous. Um, <laughs> we have to. We don't have to name them all. <laughs> there's Henry VIII Vacation over there. He's not always around. So. Well, Kirk, good to have you join us. Thanks. We're happy to have you around. Likewise. And uh, I think Glad it's very heard. smart to come in on day one when the host is here wearing a Zeoli Army shirt. You're a very smart guy. Thanks. These two don't even have Zeoli Army shirts uh-oh matt burned his in effigy and henry sold it on ebay <laughs> True. True story no joke
18: no joke yeah i'm glad to be here it's been i've been here almost to be in a couple days be about a month about a
4: month is about that how month. long it's been since i've been in the studio and i'm kidding i've been here three days this week <laughs> all right kirk thank you buddy right, appreciate you it, buddy. it. welcome aboard thanks a lot uh 855-839-1210 so matt's going to look through the report for us for some key um highlights but in the meantime I just, you know, this the the Supreme Court case today, I don't want to get away from that fact because of what Biden, you know, what they're not charging Biden with, because really at the heart of this today, it was a good day for the United States Constitution. It was a good day for Trump and a really, really bad day for the state of Colorado. And I want to emphasize that to you. I cannot emphasize that enough. Here is Justice Neil Gorsuch questioning Jason Murray, the attorney for the group of Colorado voters that sued to try to keep Trump off the ballot. I love Gorsuch. I do. He's he, he and Alito and Thomas are my three favorite justices. I it's like picking between my children. I love them all in different ways, but I, I love Gorsuch. His um he doesn't take any BS and he's a smart guy and he's a textualist. And he's also, I'd say w- one of the more, uh, libertarian-minded when it comes to criminal justice matters, which we need in this day and age, because we have a government hellbent on prosecuting everybody. So I'm grateful he's there also for that reason. You know, I told you back in 2006, I said, you got to vote for Trump. I, I, I was begging people, please. I don't care if there were a lot of Ted Cruz supporters back then who were angry. I said, please, you got to just do it because you don't want Hillary Clinton appointing justices to the Supreme Court. And it, everything matters. It all matters. And Thank God we got Gorsuch on the, on the court along with Kavanaugh and along with Amy Coney Barrett. But remember something, you know, some idiot today accused me of voting for Biden. I don't know. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah, I did. In Jersey, I voted for Biden and it flipped the whole state blue. The same thing I said in 2020 that I begged people, please, you got to vote for Trump. We, there's going to be another Supreme Court vacancy. And sure enough, there was. And we got Ketanji Brown-Jackson. Now, I'm not a fan. Except for what she said today in the argument when she brought up the fact that, yeah, you know, in the absence of knowing for sure if the president is listed in the 14th Amendment, Section three, you got to go on the side of democracy. And she's spot on about that point. But my three favorites are still Alito, uh, Thomas and uh, and Gorsuch. They're my three faves. Anyway, uh, here's Gorsuch. Cut one.
13: It it operates. You say there's no no legislation necessary. I thought that was the whole theory of your case. And no procedure, necessary. it happens automatically. Well, certainly you need a procedure in order to have any remedy to enforce the disqualification, which is understand That's a whole separate question. That's the de facto doctrine. It doesn't work here. Okay, put that aside. He's disqualified from the moment. Self-executing. Done. And I would think that a person who would receive a direction from that person, the president, former president, in your view, would be free to act as he or she wishes without regard to that individual?
6: I don't think so because I think, again, the de facto Why? officer doctrine would nevertheless come into play
13: to say, this is- the No, de facto, that that day. doesn't work, Mr. Murray, because de facto officer is to ratify the conduct that's done afterwards and and, and insulate it from judicial review. Put that aside. I'm not going to say it again. Put it aside, OK? I think Justice Lee is asking a very different question, a more pointed one, and more difficult one for you, I understand but I think it deserves an answer. On your theory, would anything compel a a lower official to obey an order from, in your view, the former president?
6: I'm imagining a situation where, for example, a former president was... You know, a president was elected and they were 25 and they were ineligible to no, hold office, but no, nevertheless they were
13: put no, into that no, office. No, no, we're talking about Section 3. And please don't change the hypothetical, okay? I'm, please don't change the hypothetical. I know I like doing it too, but please don't do it. Okay? Well, now, the,
6: the point I'm trying to
13: make is He's that, disqualified from the moment he committed an insurrection. Whoever it is, whichever party, it, that, that happens. Boom. It happened. What would compel... I'm not going to say it again, so just try and answer the question. If you don't have an answer, fair enough, we'll move on. What would compel a lower official to obey an order from that individual?
6: Because ultimately we have we have statutes and rules requiring chains of command. The person is in the office. And even if they don't have the authority to hold the office, the only way to get someone out of the office of the presidency is impeachment. And so I think if you interpreted Section 3 in light of other provisions in the Constitution, like impeachment, while they hold office, impeachment's the only way to validate that they don't have the ability to hold that office and should be removed.
4: You know what Gorsuch is really saying here, right? What he's really saying is that if you if you have a state that turns around and says the president's ineligible and that president wins. What happens? I mean, let, let's say let's say hypothetically Colorado says he's ineligible, but Trump still wins the presidency. That I mean, let, let's assume for the moment the Supreme Court says, sure, Colorado can keep him off the ballot. And let's say other blue states keep him off the ballot, but he still wins. And Gorsuch's point here is then what happens? And the attorney in Colorado concedes that you still have to listen to that president because he's still the president. See, and this is the problem with letting a state make this determination. This is why it can't be a state that makes the determination that a president is ineligible to be president. Because then you have the problem of if that person still wins, he's president. And now you've decided he's ineligible to be president, but the attorney's conceding. But now everybody still has to follow him and listen to him. Think about that. So then, what happens if, say, the president gives the uh, the order to launch nukes? You know, we're, we're we're about to go to war, and the president says, "Launch nukes," and uh, the general at the Pentagon turns around and goes, "Now, nah, because you're you're not eligible to be president because Colorado said you're not because you're guilty of an insurrection, so I'm not I'm not obeying that order." And the attorney concedes he'd have to because it's a chain of command. It's and and then once he's in, he's in. But the danger of allowing a blue state to make the determination that this guy is ineligible. To be president is, a guy could still win. And he's president. And that's why it's, it's nuts to think that one state can make it a determination of somebody's eligibility to, to hold the office of president based on the Section 3 of the 14th Amendment. It's absurd because then the person gets in there and now, now you've got half the country thinking you've got a president who is ineligible, but the president still has all the powers of the presidency. So obviously you cannot allow that system to occur because what will it lead to? I mean, at worst case, it could lead to a a potential secession of of states from the union where they turn around and say, well, we don't believe that that person in Washington is really the president. So we're going to have our own our own president. I mean, it would be chaos and madness, but the attorney concedes. "Nope, he's still president, regardless of the fact. And, you know, that that point by Gorsuch, it's a subtle point, but it's important to note all these blue states could block Trump from the ballot. Trump could still win. You know, as long as the seven states that matter don't block him, Pennsylvania and North Carolina and Arizona and and Ohio, Nevada, I mean, as long as those states don't block him, Trump would still win. You know, if California blocks Trump or Hawaii blocks Trump, or is it, does it matter that much? Constitutionally, it does. But in terms of winning, probably not. Like if New Jersey blocks Trump, who cares? He's not going to win New Jersey. I really don't think it's, it's even worth the fight. Focus on the seven states you need and you win. So if he wins all those states and he's president, but now you've got half the country that said he's ineligible, you see how this is, the, it can't work, it, you, you can't have it work that way. This is exactly what happened that led it to the Civil War, where you turned around and you had states saying, that guy Lincoln, we don't recognize him as president. We don't recognize him as president and we're leaving the union. So uh, it, you, you, it, it's madness and absurdity to think that one state can make that determination, or several states can. You have to have a process. There has to be a process. You don't just get to go. This is the point about self-executing. Well, he committed an insurrection because we said he did, and therefore he's ineligible. We've decided. Boom, that's the end of it. It would be utter chaos. And by the way, Democrats, if Republicans did that to you, you'd say exactly what I'm saying. If red states turned around and said Biden's guilty of an insurrection, it's self-evident because he's allowed the border to be wide open. Wide open. And then And then they took him off the ballot. There was no actual process for that because they just said it's obvious. It's self-evident. And then your guy lost because maybe Pennsylvania decided to keep him off the ballot because Pennsylvania, the the Republican legislature or the governor, whatever, kept him off the ballot. Who knows? You'd be screaming to high heaven. They don't have the right. There was no process, blah, blah, blah. That's why all these people arguing, well, it was an insurrection. Well, how do you know? Because I saw it. 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 that's not how we do things. We don't just go, oh, I saw, it on the, I saw it on TV. Therefore, it happened. Therefore, it is. And therefore, it's self-executing. That would be madness. Madness for the Republic. And that's Gorsuch's point right there. Uh, no question about it. alright eight three nine twelve ten 855-839-1210 on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Irwin is in Burlington. Irwin, how are you?
19: Hi. Um, you know, the judge, J. Michael Ludig, uh, disagrees with you uh, completely, Rich. But, uh, but I digress. The reason who, Trump who, what, is being, what, what judge are you talking about? J. Michael Ludig, the revered conservative judge. Okay, well, I don't, him being a Supreme,
4: I don't remember him being a Supreme Court justice who uh, no. argued today. Okay,
19: so. okay, well, you know, he's a conservative judge. Everybody well, sure like, uh, but listen,
4: every I'm, everybody's entitled to their opinion. I'm talking about what the, the conservative judges on the Supreme Court and even the liberal ones said today.
19: Okay, but I digress. Um, the reason Trump is being charged for the... Um, holding on to the classified documents and Biden is not because Trump obstructed time and time again. And you know it, Rich. He obstructed and that's the difference. Obstructed how? Oh, he wouldn't give him up. You know it. What what do you mean he wouldn't give him up? Wouldn't give him up. Give him up to who? Before the raid, he wouldn't give him up and they kept finding more and uh, and that's the reason. And and you know it, Rich. What do you mean he... Stop with the you know it. What do you mean he wouldn't give him up? wouldn't you wouldn't give him back
4: give him back to who
19: that those who were trying to get him back from him who Who? You, you know who stop Come on, stop Rich. with the you don't, know don't, no no don't, no. don't play, play the, don't
4: don't play that don't game play when you sound, here. stop it Sorry. stop stop with the guy yeah, i know what you're doing you're trying to sound smarter than me so stop doing it who
19: no i we'll would never try he, that
4: who was he supposed to give the documents back
19: to those who were the records, um, the records department, and everyone else the after department. the ra- after the raid. Come on, he wouldn't give them back. The and records Richard, department. You, you don't think very much of your listeners. You know I'm right. You know that you're you're Can you that. stop with that, Biden, please? I'm asking Biden you. I'm asking, like back. I'm
4: politely asking you to please stop with yeah. the you know you, stuff.
16: You, you, I really don't it like out. it. It's it's, it's Big, fr- yeah. all right. You know what? Yeah, I'm, yeah. The, listen, Big I'm going
4: to put you on hold. I'm going to give you one last chance. Cut the you know crap because it's annoying and it's pedantic and I don't like it. Stop with that. I don't play games with my audience. I tell them the truth. I tell them what I believe. So stop with this whole you know you know crap. I'm going to give you one more chance. Got it? Go okay. ahead.
19: Go I told you. I already told you. The records department and the government and the uh, You're talking about the, the archivist of universe. the United
4: States of America, Correct.
19: Yeah. OK, no, yeah. the ar-
4: the archivist, the National Archives, he, yeah, the National yeah, the archiv- Archives, Archives, right? The
19: archivist and then the inf- the enforcement uh, who, who raided the House. And afterwards, who you wouldn't give them enf- up. You would Stop the it.
4: Stop. Who has the enforcement authority oh, of geez. the National Archives?
19: Oh. I, I okay, don't play gotcha. You know that he wouldn't give them up. <laughs> and that's I, that. But you
4: can't answer my question. Who was no, I supposed play, to play? Okay, I don't all right, I got to. Right, play. Okay, gotcha. I, I got to. Goodbye. You, you, you're you're just frustrating. Let, let me answer your question for you. So the National Archives says we want these records back. We, we believe they belong to the United States of America. Trump says, I believe they're my property. There is a process under the law. It's a civil matter where it goes before a judge and the judge makes a determination after a hearing. The National Archives doesn't have police. National the archivist of the United States of America doesn't have doesn't have law enforcement powers. The archivist of the United States of America says we believe those belong to the United States of America. Trump disagrees. There's a process under the law. It's a civil matter, not a criminal matter. Where 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 do FBI guys in in vests with long guns and everything come into play? They don't. This idea of obstruction is incorrect. That's not accurate. Because when there's a dispute, and the law is very clear on this, when there's a dispute between what the archivist of the United States says is the United States property and what the president says is his personal property, there is a civil process, a civil matter before a judge should make that determination. Trump's attorneys were in contact with the archivist throughout the entire time. They raided mar lago to get the documents. I got a break. All right, 855-839-1210. On Twitter, at Rich Zioli. This is the big story of the day today, though, brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria. VenariaDental.com, V-A-N-A-R-I-A, VenariaDental.com. Get your beautiful smile with Dr. Mike. We're coming right back. Thanks for
3: listening to the Zioli Show podcast from Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and the Odyssey app.
4: I'm in real oh, trouble no. here. Henry's mad at me. All right sorry you're teaching kirk bad bad lessons
11: so you can get mad at the host <laughs> i'm not getting mad at you i just telling you you gotta you go gotta do a live here. <laughs>
13: that's all
4: we have an abbreviated show tonight that's the problem we have basketball so i'm not gonna be on till seven i'm only on till what 6 Six twenty or something what time yeah, what like when 6 am i 6 off 25 something like 6 25 i hate these days when i have to get off early and then go start drinking <laughs> bourbon and smoking cigars at the union league
7: just the worst you know
4: i hate those days <laughs> well, what are we gonna do though you know um <clears throat> matt to Sanct- matt De helpfulness no oh, thank you you're being very helpful today nice um, you pointed out Mr. Her's report includes a photograph of the open box where the FBI found classified Afghanistan documents in Mr. Biden's cluttered garage next to a ladder and old exercise equipment. It will be difficult to convince a jury after Mr. Biden left office that a quote, former president well into his eighties was guilty of a felony that requires a mental state of willfulness. Basically what the special prosecutor here is saying is that biden's lost his freaking marbles we are what we already know the united states government has confirmed for us what we all know that biden has lost it uh and to that arrogant caller's point i just i hate that whole you know crap i really burns me i i I gotta tell you something in life, and i'm serious about this you know some jackass on twitter today accused me of being a fraud said i voted for biden i i i can't come (laughs) on the air Four hours a day, five days a week. I can't fake it.
20: Wait, why did he think you voted for Joe Biden? I have Joe no Biden? idea.
4: What? No idea. I voted for Biden. The hell would I want Biden to win for? But, I, you know, it's like a, a, he, he sends this stupid note on Twitter about how people think you play both sides. Both sides. I come on the air and I, I, I have a freaking like a, a flamethrower every day behind this microphone. Both sides. I, hammer, I I mean, I hammer both sides. I hammer Republicans and Democrats. My God.
11: Rich, you know what just happened, right? What just happened? You got rage baited. I did get
4: rage baited. I did. And I fell for it again.
11: Got to be wary of it. That's all.
4: But I just, I hate that whole, like, you know, you know, you know, you know. Like, like I'm gaslighting the audience. Now I know what gaslighting means. I can't come on the radio four hours a day, five days a week, most weeks, and then, not tomorrow, but, and fake it. I can't do that. I know that other hosts have, and we're all a little bit skittish because of what happened on this radio station many years ago in 2008. I get it, all right? And I know that we might need to say, but we're not even in the same studio as when that happened.
2: (laughs) (laughs) The listeners might not know what you're referencing. I have no idea what you're talking about.
4: I'm talking about a certain morning host. His name rhymes with Merconish. <laughs> that
2: could be anybody. You need to be I more know. specific. It's,
4: uh, it's, let me just, it, it rhymes with Michael Merconish. <laughs> endorsed Barack Obama in 2008. And uh, the entire audience went, w- w- what? And he did it on Glenn Beck's radio show too, and he was filling in for Glenn Beck. I get that. I understand. We might be a little burned from that, but get over it. It was freaking, how many years ago? And I wasn't even on the radio back then, by the way. A, and B, that was up in Bala-Kinwood. We're now at 24th and Market in that horrible location in Center City. (laughs) Killed to be back in Bala. (laughs) It'd be nice to have the parking. And, uh, you know, I think he did it because he was trying to get an MSNBC show. I know one thing is very confident. I will never get an MSNBC show. I'm telling you that right now. My hope is that I kill Jimmy Fallon and take his show one day. (laughs) But that's the best I can do. I can't I can't You can't fake this. Talk radio is about uh, reality and intimacy. It's not you can't you can't pretend if frauds get found out very quickly in this business. And now I've been on the air now for, let's see, 2010. So what, 14 years, 14 years. If I was faking it, you figure it out by now. I'm good, but I'm not that good.
2: (laughs) off air rich is always telling henry and, <laughs> uh, and me about how much he loves big government it's so yeah. strange
4: off the air i'm like oh please more regulations <laughs> give me more reg- i hate this freedom and liberty i fight for for four hours a day five days a week most weeks
2: nobody loves taxes more than rich the off air
4: i pay more taxes than i'm <laughs> supposed to i write the government a check and, and the memo i put because i really love big government keep it a secret. And I went into my polling place where everybody knows who I am, went in there and I said, I'm voting for Trump. Closed the curtain and went, ooh, Biden and hit the
2: button. I thought you wrote in Bernie Sanders.
4: Actually, I, I wrote in, um, who was the other nut that ran? Um, Jill Stein? No, the other nut. Marianne Williamson? The other nut. I'm running out of crazy uh, people.
11: We're talking Democrats, we
4: talked the Democrat nut who ran. Oh, I can't remember his name now. Uh, um, Swalwell, it'll come to me. It'll come the guy who was all about the uh, like the free, uh, uh, what's his name?
11: Uh, <laughs> doesn't matter.
4: No, I'm riding in this time though. Assad Hutchinson, <laughs>
11: it's got a chance,
4: it's got a chance. So you're saying there's a chance? All right, I'm gonna do, I'll do cherry hovel when I get back. I promise. I'm gonna do for right now, I'm gonna tell you no. about um, no, no, no. At, uh, no, no, no. I got to do it. To, you have to I, do it. Okay, fine. Cherry Hill Volvo. On Route 70 in Cherry Hill, my great friends over there. You know, I drive a Cherry Hill Vavo from Cherry Hill Vavo, as you know. They are our studio sponsor. We broadcast live from the Talk Radio 1210 WPHC studios, sponsored by Cherry Hill Vavo, and they have an incredible sale going on right now. They have the Vavo S60 Courtesy Vavo for less than $29,000. It's an incredible opportunity to experience luxury for less these are courtesy S60s with less than 5,000 miles on them. They are selling right now for less than $29,000. There are a limited number available, so don't wait on this one. Right now, Cherry Hill Volvo is undergoing a massive renovation to their dealership in order to serve you even better. They are open, have ample inventory, and they are ready to meet you today. So now is a great time to get the luxury vehicle you deserve, a Vavo from Cherry Hill Volvo. It's a great time to visit with many incredible incentives available. Again, hurry to Cherry Hill Volvo to get a courtesy S60 Volvo for less than $20, $29,000. Cherry Hill Volvo is the most successful Volvo dealer to Philly in South Jersey right across the bridge. Judith, Yosef, and the entire team look forward to meeting you. At Cherry Hill Volvo, relationships matter. They prove this every single day. And I love my Volvo. And you'll love the S-Class. You know, they're made right here in America at their plant in South Carolina. It's American jobs. And there's no one who stands with us like Cherry Hill Volvo does. In this age of cancel culture, when all these lunatics are out there trying to get everybody shut down, Judah stepped up and said, I want the studio naming rights. That is something. So stand with her. The only Vavo dealership in our region to sponsor this radio station. Cherry Hill Vavo, where relationships matter.
3: Rich Scioli, weekday afternoons 3-7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey
7: app. WOGL
3: HD3 Philadelphia from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will be broadcast. Yes.
1: Revolution.
3: This is the next generation of talk. Now, this is the drive at five. 30 minutes of non stop talk with Rich Zoli.
4: What a day. The special counsel concludes no charges against Biden because Democrat double standard weaponized the United States Department of Justice. And Biden is a uh, old man with a terrible memory confirming what we all know. Biden has lost his marbles and he's hiding his own Easter eggs. Welcome back to the show. Glad you are here today. 855-839-1210. On Twitter at Rich Zioli. There's a lot I got to get to here and I don't have a ton of time to do it because we have a short show tonight. There's a basketball, but I'm with you till at least six thirty. So you know, hang out and uh, don't go anywhere. And I want to hear your thoughts on everything. Uh, the, the special counsel thing. Look, you know, th- they they acknowledge Biden has diminished faculties. I I have to wonder. My spidey sense is up here. You know, my Zioli Fugazi sense is up. I gotta wonder if this is a if this is a, per- a way to get him out of this race. I'm 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 serious about this. Now I I gotta wonder here. They're basically you have the. The U.S. government is confirming that our president has diminished mental capacity. That's really what the United States government's doing right now. I, I know we're angry about the fact that Trump got charged and Biden didn't. And that's legit. We should be angry about that. I'm not that's I'm just not surprised by that anymore because we live in a weaponized. We, have, we live in a police state. I've been telling you that for years, for years. Yes, greater Chris, I've been saying it for years. And I'm still not listen, wishing you a happy birthday, by the way. For the record, but (laughs) not. But we do live in a police state. So I'm not surprised by that in the least. Not in the least. But here's the thing what the big takeaway from all this is is that the government of the United States of America is confirming for all of us that Biden cannot do this job. He does not have the mental capacity to be able to do the job as president of the United States. He's an elderly man with a poor memory, diminished mental capacity. It's almost like writing the resignation letter for him for him to get, to drop out of the race it's almost like writing it for him i you know and i and i'm I, I i i'm vito corleone in this sense you know i'm a superstitious man and i just something about this does not sit right with me something about this is not right sit right about me uh, with this it's just almost like they made a deal or something like all right no charges against you but we are going to You got to exit. I can't imagine this guy stays in the race. How can this guy stay in the race? By the way, Trump is demanding right now that they drop all charges against him, and they should. They absolutely should. That's the big story of the day today, brought to you by my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com. Go see him today, venariadental.com, for that beautiful smile that you deserve. Last night was our event with Terry Hayes. I just want to say thank you to Main Point Books for hosting us. Thank you if you joined us. And I'd like to give uh, a special thank you to Papa Lee for giving me a bottle of bourbon. I appreciate it very much, buddy. Thank you so much. And I got a nice note from two brothers I met last night, George and Paul Valores. Hope I'm saying their last name right. George and Paul, and they have, uh, they're have they in construction together. And I was rocking the Zioli Army shirt last night. You know, two great guys, and uh, I was honored to meet them both. It was really nice to chat with them last night. So it was a lot of fun. And thank you guys for working so hard. George and Paul Vlorios. I think that's how Vlorios. I think I got that right. I think I nailed it on that one. So good to see you guys and thanks for joining us. Great to see so many friends and wonderful people who came out last night. Um, all right. The let let me let me I'm gonna come back to the special counsel thing here. Elderly man with a poor memory. Special counsel hammers Biden in the classified documents report, but ultimately concludes he does not, he should not be charged. Here's Trump earlier today after the Supreme Court wrapped up the, the hearing on Colorado, which, as I started out the show saying, uh, this was a great day for the Constitution and for Trump. This Colorado case is done. They are not going to side with Colorado. It's over. Uh, even the liberal justices were asking all the right questions today. I can't believe it. I really can't. I never thought I'd start a show today by saying kudos to Elena Kagan and Ketanji Brown Jackson for asking great questions, but they did. And it, I'm, I'm as shocked as you are by it. But here's Trump, he came out, he spoke at Mar-a-Lago a little bit after the, uh, the court wrapped up the case today, take a listen.
14: In watching the Supreme Court today, I thought it was very, it's a very beautiful process. I hope that democracy in this country will continue uh, because right now we have a very, very tough situation with all of the radical left ideas with the weaponization of uh, politics, they weaponized it like it's never been weaponized before. It's totally illegal, but they do it anyway. And it has to stop. Uh, every one of the court cases that I'm involved every single one, civil, whether it's the attorney generals or the district attorneys. You look at Fani in Georgia. They had many meetings with the White House and with the DOJ. They went there, eight-hour meetings. That was all staged. That was phony hoax and now you look at it and it is a phony hoax and hopefully that case will be dismissed in short order it's a it's a disgrace to this country but they work together with the justice department and the white house and not supposed to do that every one of these cases you see comes out of the white house it comes out of biden it's election interference and it's really very sad Uh, i thought the presentation today was a very good one. I think it was well received. I hope it was well received. You have millions of people that are out there wanting to vote and they happen to want to vote for me or the Republican Party or whatever you want to, however you want to phrase it. But I'm the one running and we are leading in every poll. We're leading in the uh, local polls, and the state polls, and we're leading in the swing state polls, and we're leading very big in the national polls. So it's been a very great honor.
4: Now, over at National Review there's a great piece by Phil Klein. Special Counsel's account of Biden's mental decline is frightening. President Biden couldn't even remember when he was vice president or when his son Beau had died, leading Special Counsel Robert Hur to conclude that he could not bring charges for mishandling of classified documents because a jury would see the president as a sympathetic, well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory. In a report Robert Hur concluded that Biden willfully retained and disclosed classified materials after his vice presidency when he was a private citizen. But he declined to issue any charges in part because Biden's poor recollection would make him hard to convict. In a stunning section, Hur reveals the following, quote, in his interview with our office, Mr. Biden's memory was worse He did not remember when he was vice president, forgetting on the first day of the interview when his term ended. If it was 2013, when did I stop being vice president? He asked out loud. And forgetting on the second day of the interview when his term began. In 2009, am I still vice president? He asked. He did not remember even within several years when his son Bo died. And his memory appeared hazy when describing the Afghanistan debate that was once so important to him. Among other things, he mistakenly said he, quote, had a real difference of opinion with General Carl Eikenberry, when in fact, Eikenberry was an ally whom Mr. Biden cited approvingly in his Thanksgiving memo to President Obama. In a case where the government must prove that Mr. Biden knew he had possession of the classified Afghanistan documents after the vice presidency and chose to keep those documents, knowing he was violating the law, we expect that at a trial, his attorneys would emphasize these limitations in his recall. That's all I just what I just read you was all from the special prosecutor's report. Essentially now what the government has concluded here is that Biden is too old and senile to prosecute. I mean, this, this, is, this is stunning and remarkable. Look, I, I'm not surprised they're not pursuing criminal charges. I would have been shocked if they did. I, I tweeted out something last night about that. I said, will they charge him to try to use this to get him out of the race, or will he get Democrat privilege and no charges? I'm not surprised there's no charges. Of course not. Of course not. We understand that. Double standard, Democrat double standard, weaponization of government, police state, on and on and on. I've set it off, checked all the boxes. But what surprises me about this, what is amazing about this, is that the special counsel's report is arguing Biden is too old and senile to prosecute. The guy that the American people are supposed to entrust with the nuclear codes is too old and senile to prosecute. for for intentionally breaking the law. Like you're not, he, The special counsel is not denying the fact that Biden broke the law, that b- Biden committed serious crimes here. Biden broke the law. The special counsel is not in any way turning around and saying Biden didn't, didn't do anything wrong. The essence of what he's saying is he's too old and senile to prosecute. That's what the amazing part about this is. Understand this point. It's, this, is, this is sort of like what James Comey did with Hillary Clinton when he said, no reasonable prosecutor would bring charges, but this is that on a much, much more dangerous level because we're talking about the president of the United States of America, that no, no jury would convict him because he's a senile old coot. That's what the special counsel's saying. They're not denying he did all these things wrong. They're not denying he broke the law, despite what that all earlier caller said in the last hour trying to make the difference between him and Trump. It's not bad, actually. It's not bad at all. It's just that they think Biden's too old and senile to prosecute. And I guess they think Donald Trump is coherent and cogent enough to withstand jury scrutiny and therefore could be found guilty. I mean, that's the essence of this. That's terrifying for America. That is terrifying for the United States of America. Special counsel concluding that Biden, the president of the United States, the man who has to decide if your sons and daughters will go to war, who has control of the nuclear codes, unbridled control of the nuclear codes. I want to make that point very clear. There is no checks and balances when it comes to the nuclear codes. You understand that point, right? The, The president of the United States of America doesn't have to get a sign off from the Joint Chiefs of Staff, the Secretary of Defense, the vice president, nobody. There's no there's no there's. No one. And if you do not follow his order, that is a that is a federal offense of the highest order of the highest order. If the president of the United States gives out the order for a nuclear strike and you don't follow that, that is of the highest level of a federal crime you've just committed. And there is no second guessing him and there's no ability for anyone to second guess the president. That's how it's supposed to work. And the reason for that, of course, is because when we came up with this idea of having the president have the absolute access to the nuclear codes, the idea was we may have to fire first or we may have to retaliate quickly and we, we don't have time for a debate. And we don't have time to go to Congress. And so the president and only the president gets to make that determination. In fact, during Richard Nixon's administration, there's a great podcast about this years ago. An Air Force general or an Air Force officer it may not have been in general ask the question just the question of what happens if you don't believe the president is giving a lawful order and wound up i believe being court-martialed for it you can't you can't second guess the president of the united states when it comes to a nuclear strike so that means that tomorrow if biden thinks that he just talked to joseph stalin well because he's talking to all these dead people he's talking to, to the, the, the the dead president of france the dead prime minister of germany if he thinks he just talked to joseph stalin or to Kita Khrushchev. to And he just talked to Khrushchev and Khrushchev was banging on his desk with a shoe saying, we will bury you. And Biden orders us uh, us to strike Russia. That order is a lawful order by the president of the United States. Now, I mean, the military can turn around and and not do it and argue that the president's lost his freaking mind, which I would hope they would do, but they may not. So we're going to we're going to trust think about this now we're going to trust the guy with the nuclear codes there is no fail safe here there's no there's no committee there there's no you got to have two people press the button like in the movies you know the president says to the secretary of defense put your hand on that thing i need your hand print no 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 no, no, that's not how it works he and he alone makes that determination assuming he can be reached now if the president can't be reached because we've been there's a nuclear strike there's other protocols in place for that but in, in, in the absence of that President walks in to the situation room and says, I'm ordering a nuclear strike on Russia. This is one of the great flaws, I think, in our, in our current system. And that was what the argument they used against Trump all the time in 2016. They was going to order World War III. You know, he, was gonna, he was just going to start nuking countries. Somebody would tick him off on Twitter and he would just launch nukes. That was literally the argument that they kept making. Remember, Hillary Clinton had a commercial where she had these two guys who worked in, in, in one of the old missile silos back in the day they used to have. Until the Whopper came online. The Whopper, not the hamburger, of course. If you know, you know. And until the Whopper came online, we had people in those silos and they would have to both turn the keys simultaneously. You know, and she had these two guys who were in the Air Force who were in one of those missile silos go on and say how Donald Trump was going to launch nuclear missiles and blow up the world. Now, the United States of America is declining to prosecute Joseph R. Biden. Because he's too old and senile. Can't remember what day what day he was vice president. Can't remember when his term ended. Can't remember when it started. Can't remember this. Can't remember that. And this guy, this guy has the control of of our nuclear codes. I mean, that should be that is by far of everything I've talked about today. That is the part of this story that should grip you and make you think. We're about to have a debate right now about whether or not Donald Trump is fit to be president. The Democrats argue because he led an insurrection, which was not an insurrection. Whether or not Trump wants to destroy democracy. And I'm sitting here telling you what we should be discussing is the fact that the president of the United States of America does not have the mental capacity to do the job. His mental decline is so frightening that this man should be immediately removed from office under the 25th amendment to the constitution i'm not joking around here if the united states of america thinks it can't prosecute joseph biden and get a conviction because biden is too old and senile why are we allowing this man to serve as president why are we not using the 25th amendment the 25th amendment exists for part for part of the reason for the 25th amendment is this is if we believe if they believe the president does not have the mental capacity to serve as president We talked about the 25th Amendment with Trump all the time. Remember, I used to play you a a clip of the unbiased journalist George Stephanopoulos turning around and saying, but is it 25th Amendment bad? You remember that? Well, this is 25th Amendment bad. This is 25th Amendment bad. This is the kind of thing right now where you got to exercise the 25th Amendment and you need to remove this man from the presidency. Because if his mental decline is that bad and he's got control of the nuclear codes, that's a, that's, a, that's a real problem for our national security. That is a real problem right there. Hey, twice this week, he's mentioned dead foreign leaders that he's talked to. Two. Two dead people that he's had conversations with. Nobody else is troubled by this? So tonight, he tells everybody he, he, had, a, he had a long chat with Khrushchev about the missiles in, uh, in, heading to Cuba. And he's ordered uh, a nuclear strike. I mean, this is, this is frightening. The argument from the United States is not that Joe Biden didn't do anything wrong. The argument from the United States of America is that Joe Biden just couldn't be found guilty for doing the things he did wrong because he's lost his freaking mind. I can't believe we're having this conversation right now. This is amazing. Uh, Elizabeth is in Chester County. Hello, Elizabeth. How are you? Hey,
21: hi, Rich. Hi, I just want to tell you that. I agree with you 100%. I feel like we need to take out a sharpie and mark this day on our calendar with an asterisk because this is a real game changer, in my opinion, and obviously in your opinion, for the election. And I feel like the, the next thing is going to be some big bombshell that they're going to say no. Joe Biden is going to back out of the race, and they're going to come up with something that allows him to save face, and someone else will will step up to the plate. But I, they're probably getting close to deciding who that is. But um, this is this is huge. And the other thing that it, it strikes me is so ironic is they make the the case that Trump, um, it's a matter of right and wrong. He. Um, he incited a riot. He did this and did that. Well, what about the right and wrong, regardless of the other circumstances, with regard to Biden? It's just such a double standard. I can't stand it. I I, I want to know how much all of this is costing the taxpayer to prosecute him. Well, Let us let's, decide. Sorry,
4: go ahead. Go it's ahead.
21: Like, Oh, I'm sorry. I just think it's so
4: many similarities. It's like... Just, just understand, but but the only... I'm just going to interrupt you and just want to make this point clear. The government's sure, not go ahead, saying Ellen. Biden... The government is not saying Biden didn't do anything wrong. The government's right. saying he's too old and senile to prosecute. Right, which is huge. It is huge. huge. And that is something that I cannot emphasize enough, Elizabeth. I mean, do you want yeah, this guy I being president when he, when he, listen to me. Tonight when he's when he's walking around the White House and he's talking to Joseph Stalin and decides he's got to launch uh, <laughs> a missile strike. Do you are you going to you, you going to sleep okay at night with that?
12: No,
21: cuz I'm hoping he's in his speedy pajamas with his chocolate milk watching Netflix in bed, you know, and he has one of those sound machines so he can't hear what's going on in the rest of the White House. I mean, I I uh,
4: I got so, it. Listen, me, I get me, it. Thank you, my dear. Listen, drive safe, Elizabeth. I appreciate it. Thank you very much. Here is. A, yeah, this is what is a 25th Amendment bad. Yeah, that's the guy that wrote the book. It, uh, that guy wrote that book years ago, arguing that all these people were sitting around the, the White House always talking about using the 25th Amendment against Donald Trump. I forget which book that was, but. And he went on with George Stephanopoulos, the unbiased journalist. And, you know, it was and that was the point he made. Is it 25th Amendment bad. How about it's 25th Amendment bad when the United States government acknowledges? Yes, you mishandled classified documents. Yes, you broke the law. Yes, you had in your possession classified Afghanistan battle plans and all the other things. But we're not prosecuting you because you're too freaking senile. How about that for 25th Amendment bad? You want to talk 25th Amendment bad? That's about as bad as it gets. So let's see. Biden had a conversation this week with the dead president of, the dead president of France, the dead prime minister of Germany. Who's going to talk to you tonight? Huh? He's going to find out that uh, Hitler is about to invade Poland and do a first strike to stop him. I'm just I'm, like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm curious right now. I joked today on Twitter. I made a joke and it's a very funny joke. I, the movie The Sixth Sense. M. Night Shyamalan, you know, right here in Philadelphia. Bruce Willis, great movie. Spoiler alert, the kid sees dead people. And Bruce Willis is dead. Sorry if you haven't seen the movie. I just ruined it for you. Sorry. But it's 42 years old at this point. Anyway, (laughs) the kid says, I see dead people. I see them everywhere. They don't know they're dead. So my movie, which is 46 cents, because Joe Biden's the 46th president of the United States, forty-six cents. I see dead world leaders. I see them everywhere. Only they don't know they're dead. I see dead people. Yeah, I see dead world leaders. Look, there's the prime minister of France. Look, there's the president of Germany. Look, there's Napoleon. I mean, I this is like it's it. it <laughs> Napoleon. <laughs> I'm really concerned right now that he's going to have a conversation with Churchill tonight. And he's going to he's going to he's going to bomb Japan. I I, I, I mean, this is terrifying. And the government of the United States of America is not. They're actually if you read what 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 they're saying, they're not saying Biden did not do anything wrong. They're saying he's just too senile to prosecute, that a jury would not convict him because they'd go, he's an elderly old man with memory problems. And they're questioning his mental capacity. I mean, this is the guy who controls the nukes, the nuclear codes. Can't you see him just making the call to, and and, and the Secretary of Defense, if he's around, who knows? He might be in the hospital too. This is like a a bad movie we're in. So the Secretary of Defense is in the hospital. So Biden calls over to the, the Defense Department and talks to some Deputy assistant to the assistant regional manager of the United States Department of Defense and says, as Joe, Mr. President, um, I'm ordering a full launch strike against Russia. Wow, Mr. President, you are really taking this Ukraine war seriously. Ukraine. What? Khrushchev. I just saw I just I spoke to him. Uh, He told me he's going to hit us first. So I got to do a first strike. Well, uh, um, 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 uh, what do you do with that? What do you do with that? Out of curiosity. Oof. I, yeah. This is amazing. Jerry's in Burlington. Jerry. Uh, yes, Rich. Uh, just real fast. I just wanted to thank you. Um, you know, it's so refreshing, like,
22: to have a news source where you're getting the truth. And, you know, it's just baloney that, like, they're, they're persecuting Trump and Biden and the left.
4: They're, they're 10 times worse. And that's all I wanted to say. And God bless you. Well, that was very nice of you, Jerry. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate it. And God bless you as well. And thank you for listening to the show. Drive safe. Have a good night. Vinny's in Philly. Vinny.
20: Hey, this conversation we're having is so unbelievably important right now. Uh, it would blow people's minds if they can hear it. These road prosecutors and Democrats, they're trying to tell us to look into the sun and tell and it's not bright they're lying over and over the the law is pretty simple on these classified documents it's about 16 words you know what it says rich go ahead it says all people in america other than the president may not possess classified documents On their person.
4: I I agree. Vinny, we're not arguing that point. I I concede that point. The government concedes that point, Vinny. Don't miss my point here, man. They're not suggesting Biden didn't do anything wrong. They're saying that Biden. Listen to me. Listen. Listen. Please, Vinny, just let me say this. They're saying Biden can't be prosecuted because he's too senile.
20: That's why these laws are so important, and they're lying about them all. President Trump was allowed to have the documents. I agree with you, I'm but not we're like not just, talking about Trump at the moment. I agree with you. Fit. Vinny,
4: Vinny, I agree. But, I agree, but, but yeah, we're not talking about Trump, point, Trump right now, man. We're talking about Biden. Men- and Biden, they're not going to prosecute men- him. Men. All right, listen, I got to run, Vinny. Thank you for the call. I agree. I said that. Trump, yes, I've justified Trump having him. I don't need to get into Trump right now. Let's focus on Biden for the moment, shall we? Because this report just came out a couple hours ago. We don't have to debate the merits of whether or not Trump was allowed to have the classified documents. The special counsel in his report is not suggesting Joe Biden was was in the clear here. Absolutely not. It is a scathing report in this unflattering report that Mr. Biden had all these documents. This special prosecutor is saying Joe Biden broke the law. This special prosecutor is saying Joe Biden, quote, implicating sensitive intelligence sources and methods. And, And this special prosecutor is conceding that Joe Biden obstructed justice. But what the special counsel is saying is that he would not be found guilty because and I'm going to read this for you. Mr. Biden would likely present himself to a jury as he did during our interview with him as a sympathetic, well-meaning, elderly man with a poor memory. It would be difficult to convince a jury after Mr. Biden left office that a former president, well into his 80s, was guilty of a felony that requires mental state of willfulness what the council is saying here is yes Biden broke the law but he does not have the mental state of willfulness for you to prosecute him they're essentially arguing like the argument that you'd make about somebody who's a crazy person who kills somebody like David Berkowitz the son of Sam well you know your honor he was hearing a dog a dog told him to do it so you know the dog made him do it It's basically the dog made Joe Biden do this, but it's not the dog. It's his memory. It's his mental state. I need to make this point clear because, again, there's a lot of misinformation out there and it drives me crazy because everybody's got to have the hot first take. And again, you know, it's very easy to come on and the surface level. Yeah, they're going after Trump and they're not going after Biden and Trump did nothing wrong. I get all that, but that's not the point. The point is right now, the United States of America has just said that the President of the United States, the Commander-in-Chief, the guy who has this sole power to launch a nuclear strike, would not be found guilty by a jury, even though he's guilty of a felony, because he requires a mental state of willfulness that he does not possess. We don't have to debate the minutia of Trump right now. What we need to deal with is the fact that Joe Biden is is scathing charges here because they think he's lost his mind. I I, I cannot I cannot stress that point enough to you to the point where the special counsel and this report is so scathing about how bad Biden's conduct was that the White House actually came out today and said, quote, we disagree with a number of inaccurate and inappropriate comments in the special counsel's report. Nonetheless, the most important decision the special counsel made that no charges are warranted is firmly based on the facts and the evidence. No, that's not true. It's not based on the facts and the evidence. It's based on the fact that they don't believe they could get a conviction of Joe Biden because of his mental state. Oof. You. you uh, is it 25th Amendment bad? You're damn right it is. You're damn right it's 25th Amendment bad. on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Sorry, I'm fired up by this because I I don't, I, 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 I'm, this is, this is insane. This president has talked to two dead world leaders this week that we know of. We don't know how many dead leaders he, we have, he hasn't told us about. He might be having tea tonight with Margaret Thatcher. Have you checked his schedule? (laughs) Joe Biden might be having tea tonight with Margaret Thatcher. Does anyone know if he's not? Greg's in Chestnut Hill. Greg, go ahead.
5: Hello, Rich. Yeah, this is, that's the craziest
22: thing I ever heard. This is now an acknowledgement of senility, which leads to, so how long has he really been senile? How long has he not been in control? Who is running the government in his, in his state of senility? I mean, too, it's easy, we all saw it two Easter's ago. The Easter Bunny had to save them on the, on the Easter roll when they were pulling on the front lawn of the White House. So this is an absolute acknowledgement of senility. And the only people who are going to, who realize, and we've known it for years, even on the debates, in, Julian Castro brought up his mental capacity. And then uh, right. Harris, remember that when she he, he referenced that. And how many years ago is that? So how are they going to get out of this? Even the... The mainstream media has to bring it up to try to say that they don't agree with it. At least it's coming out, but how are they go- how are the Republicans now going to use this to go after him and after whoever is really running the government in his senile, in his senile state? That's what we have to look at.
4: Yeah, listen, man, I I agree with you, Greg. And thanks for the call, buddy. It's, you know, I I, I can make jokes because it's gallows humor. It's the only way I can get through life by making jokes. But this is serious. I mean, this is the commander in chief of the United States uh, military. And the government of the United States is concluding that he does not have the mental capacity to face prosecution, that a jury wouldn't find him guilty because he has such bad memory problems. He doesn't have the mental fitness to be found guilty. The willful mental state. How can we let this guy stay in office? How, I mean, honestly, I, how can we let this guy remain as president of the United States right now? This is a, this is a national security threat. So, yeah, we can, we can go back and forth about how, you know, what Trump did, what Biden did. Forget all that for a moment. They're not, a, they're not disputing the fact that Biden absolutely had these documents in his possession that he should not have had and had no legal authority to have them whatsoever. And they should drop the prosecution against Trump. But let's leave that aside for a moment and focus on the other issue, which is that the United States of America has acknowledged that the president of the United States is a freaking senile old man, who I believe tonight, if I'm not mistaken, is taking a moonlit walk with Churchill. Actually, you know what he's doing tonight? He's hanging on the Churchill balcony with Churchill, the Truman balcony with Truman and Churchill, the three of them tonight. They call that the Truman balcony in the White House. Well, he's having a cigar tonight with Truman and Churchill. They're going to talk about what they do on the Eastern Front. Oh, my God. 855 Listen, Emmons Roofing and Siding, this is the company that I trust. If the recent winter storms have left you with storm damage, you got to call my friends at Emmons today. Emmons has become a one-stop shop for all your roofing, siding, windows, solar, and now baths and kitchens. Emmons can install a new bathroom in as little as one day. You heard me right. Have the new bathroom you want in as little as one day, the minor interruption of use and minimal downtime. Trust the team at Emmons that I've used in my home for a bunch of projects, including bathroom remodeling, kitchen remodeling, roof, windows, doors, and so much more. Matt and Kelly, Matt and Stephanie, the entire team there, they are dedicated to your entire satisfaction. And I think, you know, and Matt and I text all the time. In fact, I was texting with him just a few hours ago. His son is my age and um, so the, the Kelly's, uh, and, uh, they bring their son over. We play with them. The great people, Matt and Stephanie, they're really terrific people. And I know that they'll do a great job for you. Emmons roofing and siding, reach out to them today. They have a design showroom for you in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, or you can call them for a free estimate at eight, five, six, five, five, six, three, two, two, nine, eight, five, six, five, five, six, three, 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 two, two, nine, or go online to emmonsroofing.com You can get a new bathroom in a day. Your kitchen remodeling project will be beautiful, and all the work they do is guaranteed. EmmonsRoofing.com
3: The Zioli Show, on your schedule, from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, in the free Odyssey app.
4: Yeah, Touch of Grey is right, no question about it. 855-839-1210. Joe is in Columbus. Hello, Joe.
23: Good evening, Rich. How are you? I'm good, buddy. Hey, Rich, was that part of the DOJ's responsibility to determine this guy's capacity? Was that in their purview? Um, and if it was, did he take that cognizant test, the little Dickens, and didn't tell anybody about it?
4: Uh, yeah, look, I, I, to your first point, is it the DOJ's, they made a determination that they couldn't win the prosecution. I mean, that's how I interpret it. They know Biden did well, all these things that were illegal. But they made a determination they couldn't win the case because he's a, a freaking senile old man hiding his own Easter eggs. But so yeah, prosecutors... Well, well, look, I mean, pro- pro- hang on a second. Prosecutors, okay. prosecutors make determinations if they can win cases all the time. That is part of what prosecutors do before they bring a case. That part Understood. of it I understand. Did the United States of America formally determine the president is not being mentally acute? No, of course not. But I think what I'm, when I, I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek because by acknowledging that... In the report, for the reason not to prosecute him, they've said what we all know, which is that Biden has lost his mind.
23: Well, I would think that would come in an evaluation because it's the Department of Justice, not the Department of Psychology or Psychiatry. Um, they, would, they should have some backup for that. We've had him evaluated. We've determined that he's, this is the way he exists currently. It was, it's reckless. It's as reckless as we've accused them to be over the last three years.
4: No doubt, no question about it, Joe. Thank you very much. Appreciate it, bud. 855-839-1210. I, again, the, the, the point here is the prosecutors make all kinds of determinations. You know, we don't think that the uh, we, we don't think a jury would would uh, would find this person guilty. We know he's guilty, so we're gonna try to plead it out. Yeah, they do that stuff all the time. But what I think is very telling here is that the Department of Justice is acknowledging that they don't think they could win a prosecution of Joe Biden because he's lost his freaking mind. Now, what do we do with that is the question. What do we do with that? I know they're not the Department of Psychology, but if that's the conclusion they've reached (laughs) of why they don't think they could get a guilty verdict, then don't you think we should have a conversation, a broader conversation about Biden's mental state? Seems to me like we should, right? I mean, don't you think? Roberts and Ben Salem. Hello, Robert.
23: Hey, um, it's good to talk to you. I love your show, man. And Thank But you. I got to kind of echo a little bit what the prior caller said. This sounds an awful lot like Comey saying that Hillary didn't intend to break the law. That's not your job. These things are determined after the fact. And I hear what you're saying about prosecutors but you know, there's a lot of things that are done that are then used for I don't think you're listening to me though I don't right think you're he- I don't think you're hearing me I don't I think you're, you' i don't no, I, I don't think, think you
4: are hearing me because what I'm saying is it's the reason that they're using to not prosecute right. Joe Biden. Right. That is what's troubling here
23: I know, but see, they're bringing it up now, something that we've always known for political expediency. I read the the same tea leaves you're reading, Rich, and I see the same possibilities with openings in the Supreme court all of a sudden, and Joe not being able to run again. And what I'm with you on that. I'm just saying that they're just peeing on the law and just throwing it in our faces while they're prosecuting Trump. Well, yeah, but they do that all the time. There's nothing new about that. They
4: they do that all the time. There's nothing new about that, Robert. We've seen years of that. I mean, that's the least surprising part about this. No one should be surprised, and it's a a cliche at this point to say it's a double standard. We know it's a double standard. We've been having that conversation every day now
23: for the last four years. Right, but I don't know if there's time to really do anything about this. The man's only got nine months left in his office uh, term, correct? Well, I, I don't know. I mean, maybe maybe, maybe the, the Democrats use this as the
4: maybe. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe the as Democrats use this as the impetus to get him out. You know?
23: Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's good talking uh, to you, though, Rich. I really appreciate it, man.
4: Well, thank you, Robert. I appreciate it, pal. You have a great night. Drive safe. Right.
23: You too, buddy. Appreciate
4: it. Now, look. I'm gonna just. I'm gonna get this on the record. I know it's a double standard. I 100 percent know that, and I also know that Donald Trump had every right to have the classified documents that he had, and Joe Biden did not. I get it. I agree. You don't have to call up and tell me these things. I know it. And I've said as much a million times. But the government's decision today, acknowledging Joe Biden, did these things that he was not supposed to do with classified documents, but arguing that a jury would not convict him because he's lost his marbles is a very, very frightening development for the Republic. Um, jimmy is in pennsylvania hello jimmy how are you bud hey i'm good rich uh, you can call me j6 jimmy i don't know if
22: your screener told me told you why but um basically well i'll just tell you i got they got me on film on january 6th inside the building doing nothing violent and hurting no one and i still did six months in federal prison so you can tell uh, we're already hear that. that's but, awful um i'm so anyway, sorry and, that. i got through it it's it, I'm, I'm out i'm back to work life goes on um but I think you just touched on it. I think this is the exit ramp or at least a possible exit ramp to get him out of the world of being a candidate and replace him with somebody. I think they use this could be the exit. I was wondering how they're going to get him not to run. And I think this just might
4: be it. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I mean, it, 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 you, you do have to wonder what else is at play here, right? Because they always have something up their sleeve, these people. Exactly.
22: And I had one more point. I wanted to get your opinion on it. Do you think that this information was known months and months ago, but they waited to release it now for timing purposes to make it the off ramp? That's just something food for thought.
4: Yeah, it's a good point, Jimmy. Thank you, bud. Appreciate it very much. Uh, Bill is in PA. Hello, Bill.
17: Hey, how you doing, Rich? Um, The one thing you're missing is I, I think that this could be another setup where they can't prosecute them now for Burisma or have him testify against Hunter and and everything else that was going on.
4: Yeah, that's a great point, right? Okay, be he'd be a terrible witness, and um, he wouldn't remember anything. He wouldn't remember when he met correct. at meetings. He wouldn't remember when he met with this person or that person. Yeah,
23: correct. Yeah, so that's all I had to say.
4: It's a great, it's Thank an excellent you. point. Thank you, Bill. The, yeah, the cover up continues. Look, I mean this this Department of Justice is entirely about prosecuting. Political enemies and protecting political friends, one hundred percent. There's no doubt about it. But holy cow! I mean, to write in your report that you think that you can't get a conviction against the president of the United States because he's an elderly old man with a, a bad memory, you know. And 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 Fish O'Pine on Twitter, who I love, but you know, I mean, says Rich. Not sure why you're so surprised to hear that Biden is suffering from dementia. That that is not news. We have nothing to worry about in the nuclear football. He has never been in charge as president. We've all known that as well. Chill. I'm not going to chill because it's uh, a terrifying scenario to think that this guy is in the White House. But let's leave aside the idea that, you know, they just let him pretend like he's president. I mean, he still is the lawful president who can still give lawful orders. And I don't know if he would, would it make a good if, he, if, if the government concludes that they can't really get a conviction because the jury's going to find him as a feeble old man, let, let's leave aside the nuclear coast for a second. How, do, how are the American people going to vote for that guy? So now you're the Democrats for a second. Just put yourself in, in that mindset, which I know is a very dark place. But you're the Democrats. What do you do with that? What do the Democrats do with the information that the special counsel just came out with that says that they think that biden doesn't have the men- the mental fitness to be able to be prosecuted how are you going to then turn around to the american people and make the argument they should give this guy another four years and it's not four years yet you know what i mean it's not even four years it's only february they they wrote in the report biden couldn't remember what his office his term ended he couldn't remember what his term began couldn't remember this couldn't remember that i mean they're not they're not they're they're actually if you read the report they're not they're not excusing what Biden did. They're just saying they don't think they get a prosecution out of him. Now, is it similar to what Comey did with Hillary Clinton? Y- yes, in a sense, it is very similar in that. But I think it's much more problematic, considering the basis for it. You know, like I mean, Comey's argument was Hillary basically was, you know, like. um I like didn't really get it. Like, you know, it's like when people don't know how an app works or something, you know what I mean? Whereas with this it's that Biden doesn't have the memory and the mental mental fitness to be able to where a jury would think that he was of the willful state of mind that he did these things because he doesn't remember doing them because they were several years ago. Even though yes, yeah, some goes back to being vice president, but some goes back to being president. I mean, in his garage in Wilmington as president. Stuff about Afghanistan and that's something that they don't think they they're not sure he could remember that. You know what I mean? Like that I mean that that so then you, the democrats are not going to turn around and make the argument to the United States of America that you should give this guy another 4 years. You should give the guy another 4 years because he he should have control of the military? Really? Oof. I don't know. I don't know, but it doesn't sound to me like it's a very good idea for them to keep going down this road with this guy. And I certainly don't think it's good for the country. And now I'm a little bit worried, to be honest with you. 855 on Twitter at Rich Zioli. Listen, my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria is a great guy, the master of dental implants. He is going to give you a beautiful smile. Just go to venariadental.com today for your perfect smile. V-A-N-A-R-I-A, venariadental.com. I recommend you book an appointment with Dr. Mike today. I've been, telling about, I've been telling you about him for a while. My entire family goes to him because the level of care and commitment to dental excellence that Dr. Mike and his staff delivers to every patient is unmatched. He's been delivering results that surpass expectations that has made him a top dentist in New Jersey for 10 consecutive years. He has one of the most respected reputations among his peers as a master of dental implants. So if you've been on the fence about getting that dental procedure done, reach out to Dr. Mike today. You have a choice, a clear choice for you and your family. Give Dr. Venaria a call. I promise you won't be disappointed. With two locations to serve you in Cinnamonson and in Woodbury, schedule your free implant consultation today for your perfect smile. Call 856 786 2020, 856 786 2020, or visit VenariaDental.com, V A N A R I A, VenariaDental.com.
3: Rich Scioli, weekday afternoons 3-7, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app. WPHT, WPHT, HD, WGL, HD3, Philadelphia, from the Cherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Always live on the free Odyssey app. The revolution will broadcast this is is the next generation of talk now on talk radio 1210 WPHT. rich zioli
4: too old and too forgetful to be prosecuted that's right the doj concluding biden yes he absolutely did in fact break the law but his memory's so bad they couldn't get a conviction unbelievable wow what a moment And the Colorado Supreme Court is going to get a big, fat loss after today's oral arguments before SCOTUS. Welcome back to the show. Glad you're here today. 855-839-1210. Today's probably the best day Donald Trump's had in a very long time. Honestly, I mean that. Two big wins for him today. I know it didn't sound like it because this special counsel didn't charge Biden, but did you really think they were going to? Honestly, deep down inside, did you really think they were going to charge Biden? Of course not. No, the reason why this is a good day for Trump, two reasons. First reason is that the Supreme Court, even the liberal judges today, acknowledge that Colorado's case is built on nonsense. It's completely unconstitutional. The second point is that this DOJ report basically says what we all know out loud. Biden is senile. He's got dementia. He can't, he can't be prosecuted because he doesn't, his memory is shot. So then how the hell can he be president? Dave McCormick, who's running for U.S. senator in Pennsylvania, he just tweeted out the following. The special prosecutor says Biden is too old and forgetful to be prosecuted. If he's too old and forgetful to be prosecuted, he's too old and forgetful to be president. And he's exactly right about that. Exactly right. Look, I I don't need to debate the merits of the Trump case. I've done that before, and I've told you before why I don't believe that Trump has done anything wrong with the handling of classified documents. And I've also gone through with you in great detail about how if there's a dispute with the archivists of the United States, how it's dealt with in a civil matter, it's not a criminal matter. And so I don't need to get into all that. And I know that there's a sense on a day like today where you want to say that because it's like, well, how come they charge Trump and not Biden? And I get that, too. But you should not be surprised by that because we have a weaponized Department of Justice and we live in a police state. And what they're talking about with Biden doing as vice president and as president, in both cases, what he did was completely improper conduct. But the conclusion that they reach is that Biden's memory is so shot, he doesn't even remember within several years when his son beau died he doesn't remember when his term ended as vice president he doesn't remember when his term began and this this report is a scathing indictment of the president's mental state
1: uh lee is in burlington hello lee hi uh you know i feel for you kid uh some of the people have really hurt my head um he's incompetent he's determined to be incompetent to be prosecuted the big picture is he's president of the united states i don't see why people don't get that
4: right I, like our, our country I mean, can't you know, have a president
1: yeah i, and I then you, go ahead and then you have giggles to back him up and we were stuck with her <laughs> i mean that that's insane too uh, you know, but, you know, the big picture is, you know, um, he's in com- He's determined to be incompetent, to be prosecuted. That's a big thing. And, and he's president of the United States. And, and it doesn't matter. All the other stuff doesn't matter. I mean, this is the issue. It's it's very cut and dry. I, I You know, I, they're giving you odds. I, I don't understand. You know, I don't understand how people can't simplify this.
4: No, I, I get it. I, I think a lot of people were just they're finding this out for the first time. And, you know, the the impulse is to say, well, it's not fair. And it, and it isn't right, because Trump should not have been charged either. Um, oh, no. All that. All that. No, but but to argue that
1: everything you're doing to him. Yeah, is
4: ridiculous. it is ridiculous. And he and he's right about that point. Uh, Lee, thank you for the call. I appreciate it very much and have a wonderful night. Thank you. I, I get fired up. I don't. And please never take it personally if I get fired up at you as a caller. Or on Twitter or anywhere else. I'm Italian. I'm raging with testosterone. But I'm telling you, this is a great day for Trump. It really is. If you step back for a moment and you know you think about it, nobody's surprised by the double standard of justice. But the fact that they're calling out Biden for being mentally incompetent here. And that the United States Supreme Court today acknowledge even the liberal justices that what Colorado is doing here is so unconstitutional here's katanji brown jackson destroying colorado's entire argument yes a democrat appointed liberal justice of the supreme court destroying colorado's argument because the 14th amendment section three as i've gone over with you in detail does not list president lists all these other offices but not president
5: cut four from rising again in the context of these sort of local elections as opposed to focusing on the presidency? Well, two points on that, Justice Jackson. First is that,
6: as I discussed earlier, there isn't the same history of states regulating ballot access at this time so ballot access rules to ex- restrict presidential candidates wouldn't have wouldn't have existed they wouldn't have been raised one way or another right
5: but I'm not so, making a
6: distinction between but, ballot access and no, anything uh, else understood but the more yeah. the more broad point I want to make is that what is very clear from the history is is that the framers were concerned about charismatic rebels who might rise through the ranks up to and including the presidency of the United States
5: but then why didn't they put the word president in the very enumerated list in Section 3. The thing that really is troubling to me is I totally understand your argument, but they were listing people that were barred and President is not there. And so I guess that just makes me worry that maybe they weren't focusing on the president. And, for example, the fact that electors of vice president and president are there suggests that really what they thought was, if we're worried about the charismatic person, we're going to bar insurrectionist electors, and therefore that person is never going to rise.
6: This came up in the debates in Congress over Section 3, where uh, Reverdy Johnson said, why haven't you included President and Vice President in the language? And Senator Morrill responds, we have. Look at the language any office under the United States. Yes, but
5: doesn't that at least suggest ambiguity? And this sort of ties into Justice Kavanaugh's point. In other words, we had a a person right there at the time Saying what I'm saying, the the language here doesn't seem to include president. Why is that? And so, if there's an ambiguity, why would we construe it to, as Justice Kavanaugh pointed out, uh, uh, against democracy?
6: Well, Reverdy Johnson came back and agreed with that reading. Any office is clear. The Constitution
5: says about 20 times. No, I'm not going to that. So let me let me let me just say, so your point is that it's that there's no ambiguity. It, with, with, with having a list and not having president in it, with having a history that suggests that they were really focused on local concerns in the South.
4: It's an excellent point by Justice Ketanji Brown-Jackson. She's exactly right. She's 100 percent right. Look, uh, if you're just joining me, you need to know the special counsel report didn't say Joe Biden didn't do anything wrong. In fact, it's a scathing indictment of Joe Biden. Years of crimes. Years of crimes. They're just saying that they can't get a conviction because he's too freaking old and senile. So double standard of justice in the sense that they're not obviously prosecuting him, of course, but they're not excusing the behavior. They're just saying they can't get a conviction because he's a freaking senile old codger who's hiding his Easter eggs. It is, yeah, the Uncle June, Uncle Junior defense from Sopranos. You just pretend like you don't know that you lost your mind and then. Only in this case now, the prosecution's not going forward with a conviction because they don't want to try because they don't think they can get one because the guy's lost his marbles. But that, to me, is the United States of America confirming what we've all known, which is that the president is hiding his own Easter eggs. Holy cow, what a day. Here's Justice Clarence Thomas taking down Colorado's attorney, Jason Murray. Today's hearing, cut two.
9: But it would seem that particularly... uh... Uh, after Reconstruction uh, and after the Compromise of 1877 and during the period of Redeemers that you would have that kind of conflict. There were a plethora of Confederates still around. There were n- any number of people who would continue to either run for state offices or national offices. So it would seem that that would suggest that there would at least be a few examples of uh, national uh candidates being uh, disqualified if your reading is correct
6: well there were certainly national candidates who were disqualified by congress refusing to seat them i understand that but
9: that's not this case i'm touched ta- did states disqualify them that's what we're talking about here i understand congress would not seat them
6: other than the example i gave no but again your honor that that's not surprising because there wouldn't have been States certainly wouldn't have the authority to remove a city. So, what's the
9: purpose officer? of the? What was the purpose of the uh, of Section uh, Three? States were sending people. Uh, the, the concern was that the former Confederate states would continue being bad actors, and the effort was to prevent them from doing this. And you're saying that well, this also authorized states. To disqualify candidates. So, what I'm asking you for, if you are right, what are the examples?
6: Well, Your Honor, the examples are states excluded many candidates for state office, individuals holding state offices. We have a number of published cases of states. I understand that.
9: that. I I understand the states controlling state uh, elections and state positions. What we are talking about here are national candidates. Uh, the, the I understand, uh, you look at Foner or Foote, Shelby Foote, or McPherson, they all talk about, of course, the conflict after the Civil War, and there were people who felt very strongly about uh, retaliating against the South, the radical Republicans. Uh, but they did not think about authorizing the South to disqualify national candidates. And that's the argument you're making. And what I would like to know is, is, uh, do you have any examples of this?
6: Many of those historians have filed briefs in our support in this case, making the point that the, the, the idea of the 14th Amendment was that both states and the federal government would ensure rights, and that if states failed to do so the federal government certainly would also step in. But I think the reason why there aren't examples of states doing this is an idiosyncratic one of the fact that elections worked differently back then. States have a background power under Article 2 and the 10th Amendment to run presidential elections. They didn't use that power to police ballot access until about the 1890s. And by the 1890s, everyone had received amnesty, and these issues had become moot. So I don't think the so history I like tells to, us... Sort of look at
4: now. <clears throat> He's not answering the question. The question was, did any states after the Civil War exclude any Confederates from being on the ballot? And the answer is no, on a national ballot. Because remember something, senators, congressmen, congresspeople, back then they were all men, uh, electors of the president, electors of the vice president, these people were all on the state level. So there's not any examples of a state excluding somebody from national office even after the Civil War, is his point. But then there's another point, too, which Brett Kavanaugh makes, which is that, look, you know, we have an insurrection uh, law in this country. It's on the books. Congress passed it. Trump has not been charged with that. He has not been charged with that. He certainly hasn't been convicted of it.
6: Cut number six. He had the opportunity to call witnesses remotely. He didn't use all of his time at trial. There was ample process here, and this is how ballot access determinations in election cases are are decided all the time. Okay, Uh, second question. Some
7: of the rhetoric of your position, I don't think it is your position, but some of the rhetoric of your position seems to suggest unless the states can do this, no one can prevent insurrectionists from holding federal office. But obviously Congress has enacted statutes, uh, including one still in effect, Section 2383 of Title 18 prohibits insurrection. It's a federal criminal statute. And if you're convicted of that, you are, it says, shall be disqualified from holding any office. And so there is a federal statute on the books, but um, President Trump has not been charged with that. So what what are we to make of that?
4: Right, exactly. And then there's another point by, again, another liberal justice, and this is Elena Kagan. Elena Kagan's point to Colorado's lawyer, which is an excellent point, is why I think it's going to be an eight-one decision or possibly unanimous, saying Colorado does not have the right to keep Donald Trump off the ballot because of what Ketanji Brown Jackson said about the ambiguity of whether or not the word "president," whether it applies to the president, because of what Justice Kavanaugh just said about the fact that Donald Trump has not been charged with an insurrection, which is a federal offense, and because of what Alana Kagan says here, cut five
6: there has to be some process for determining those questions. And and then the question becomes, does anything in the 14th Amendment say that only Congress can create that process? And and Section 5 very clearly is not an exclusive provision. It says Congress shall have power.
12: But maybe put most boldly, I think that the question that you have to confront is why a single state should decide who gets to be President of the United States. In other words, you know, this question of whether a former president is disqualified for insurrection uh to be president
4: how can one state make that determination and the answer is they can't and that's the problem and that's the problem for colorado and it's the reason why this case is going to go in trump's direction and then the other thing today is that the united states government said but joe biden's hiding his own easter eggs so all in it was a good day for trump it was a very good day for trump and and indeed it was here's chief justice john roberts who did not buy Colorado's argument, cut number three.
8: The whole point of the 14th Amendment was to restrict state power, right? States uh, shall not abridge privileges immunity. They won't deprive people of property without due process. Um, uh, They won't deny uh, equal protection. And on the other hand, it augmented federal power under Section 5. Congress has the power to enforce it. So wouldn't that be the last place that you'd look for authorization for the states, including Confederate states, uh, to enforce, implicitly authorized, to enforce the presidential election process? That that seems to be a position that is at, uh, at war with the whole thrust of the 14th Amendment and very ahistorical.
6: No, Your Honor. First, we would locate the state's authority to run presidential elections not in the 14th Amendment, but in Article 2. And that power is nearly plenary to the Yeah, but you're relying
8: needs. on, you, you have no reliance on Section 3, is that what you're saying? No, Your Honor,
6: certainly we have reliance on Section 3 insofar as Article 2 gives states this broad power to determine how their electors are selected, and that broad power implies the narrower power to enforce federal constitutional qualifications Well,
8: but the like narrower power you're looking for is the power of disqualification, right? That is a very specific power in the 14th Amendment, and you're saying that was implicitly extended to the states under a clause that doesn't address that at all.
4: This is the big story, of course, brought to you by Dr. Mike Venaria, venariadental.com. dot Get that beautiful smile you deserve with my buddy, Dr. Mike Venaria. Heavy in Huntington Valley. Hello, Heavy.
24: Yo, Rich. Big day, huge day, a lot of wins today. I mean, you just you see the White House right now; they're just in absolute full panic mode. And you got you got KJP just all week, town town reporters that. You know, it's no big deal that uh, that Biden doesn't know where he is. You know, he's totally fine. And while at the same time, they're arguing his innocence is based on the fact that he has no idea where he is right now. It's just it's 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 just That's a great point. Yeah. All we, she's been right
4: telling now. everybody that he's not too old and this guy is he's he's fine. He's fine. He's fine. And the DOJ comes out today and says the guy's memory shot doesn't know where he is.
24: They are running out of options here, and now you got this absolutely just huge interview coming out tonight, and you got Kirby running defense saying, "Don't listen to any of it." I mean, they they just they are running out of options very quickly, and it really seems like they're coming to the point where they just literally have to. They're just their only defense is just to gaslight everything that that people say. And it's just, it's beyond, it's just absolutely insane right now. I mean, you see what's going on. I got to run, buddy.
4: (laughs) I got, I'm short of time tonight because I got basketball, but I appreciate your thoughts. It's an excellent point you make. Thank you um, about, you know, this completely buttresses KJP's points all week about Biden's age. Uh, Got a few minutes left, but I'll be off tomorrow. I'm speaking at the uh, Atlanta County Republicans were kind enough to invite me to speak at their Ronald Reagan dinner. Uh, honoring Congressman Jeff Andrew tomorrow night. So Michael Pelko will be in here. Look, I you know, it's very important to note that this weaponized Department of Justice we have going after Trump, sending in the FBI to Mar-a Lago, seizing all these documents and everything like this, this double standard that exists and this justice is yes, 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 yes. But don't you think, don't you have to wonder for a second if they're gonna bring up the president's memory in this way and to bring up the fact of his mental state he doesn't remember when his son Bo died within a few years and doesn't remember this and doesn't remember that and there's got to be something else going on here you know my my fugazi sense is very high right now that this is an all-out effort to get this guy out of the race for president because he cannot win he can't win I mean, who the hell is going to vote for him after this? I mean, how does anybody, other than the hardcore blue people, but how, how how does this guy win? I mean, Trump has got such a lead over him at this point. I do not trust these Democrats. One second, they're going to pull a dirty trick. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. And, and the Colorado case is done. The Georgia case is done. Jack Smith may try to charge Trump with an insurrection and maybe pursue that, given what Brett Kavanaugh asked about the federal insurrection clause. but. There's no guarantee that trial would even be heard before Trump was elected, so that case would be heard. They're were, they're at were options here. So I don't. I mean, you're not. You're telling me that you're gonna you're gonna write a report. You're gonna say the president of the United States broke the law, committed all these crimes by having all these classified documents, but you're not gonna charge him because his memory is so bad. And You're going to cite specific examples of his memory being really bad. And you're going to point out the fact that he's an elderly man with a failing memory. And that was not signed off on by the highest levels of DOJ. Like, Do you think Merrick Garland is just learning this right now? Like the Attorney General of the United States is just turning this on and finding out that they just did a stunning indictment of Biden's mental state. I don't know. It seems to me that there's something else at play here. Because they could have charged Biden with something or they could have not charged him and they could have come up with another excuse. I mean, they were never going to charge him. I never thought that for a second because of the double standard, but they could have come up with another excuse, couldn't they? But they go after his age and they go after his mental state and his memory and all the things we're saying about him every single day. That's what they ultimately conclude in the report. And the highest levels of the, the Department of Justice signed off on that, and that doesn't trigger your spidey sense to say, hey, something's up here? Something's going on? Because I don't know. I, it just, to me, sounds like if you're going to write that about the president, you're going to, ch- ch- you know, CYA here. You're going to cover your own butt because that's a, what you just wrote is Trump's argument about why Joe Biden can't be president. Because Trump said that today at Mar-a-Lago before this report came out. He said Joe Biden can't put two sentences together. Oof. And Colorado, they got trashed today before the Supreme Court. It was ugly. All right, have a great rest of your night tonight. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thanks for all the calls, the tweets, et cetera. I'll be off tomorrow, like I said, but Opelka will be in. Basketball's coming up next. Please keep the conversation going on Twitter, at Rich Zioli. Thank you for listening.
3: Rich Zioli, weekday afternoons, 3-7. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, and on the free Odyssey app.